running. Everything's running. Yeah. And we get all nice and quiet. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because we're like prone to do. Yes. At the beginning of an episode. Tradition. I don't know why. Tradition. It is tradition. Welcome back, everybody, to Dance Robot Dance. This is episode 286. I'm Mark. I'm joined by Tim. Hi, folks. We are deeply entrenched in the finest of Southern Ontario weather right now. <laughs> entrenched is fucking right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, <laughs> that's why I use the word because holy yeah. shit. Uh, up to my thighs, basically, you know, like up to my knees, which yep. is saying something. So, yeah, a lot of fucking snow and it's not going away anytime soon. I had like a nope. little bit of a thaw yesterday and but now it's just negative temperatures for another like week at least. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're here to tell you the nerdy news and not discuss anymore about the climate apocalypse that is impending <laughs> on all of us. The 500 TTC bus that are buses that are like still fucking stuck in the snow and shit. <sighs> so this nerdy news. So first of all, you have uh, your choice of boringest dystopia or off ah, fuck off already. Can you not hear yourself talking? How do you want to start this week? Uh, uh, let, let's go dystopia first. Cool. So uh, Microsoft bought uh, Activision Blizzard this week in a just mind-bogglingly large deal. Sixty, I think it was sixty-eight point seven million dollar billion. Billion, yep. $68.7 billion. And just think, like, what, a year ago or something like that, that how much more that would have been? Because Activision Blizzard has not had a great year or two. First thing that came to me when I heard about this deal was that Microsoft has been doing a lot of shit talking about Activision's, like, troubles the last couple of weeks. Like, yeah. even Phil Spencer in They're particular. Them so that they would like, <laughs> this is like yep. a, a toxic relationship. They're like, you guys are terrible. Nobody's ever going to want to buy you. Here's yep. this joke of a fucking offer we're going to make on your company. And they'll be like, okay, we'll take it. I don't know if it's quite to that disgusting take that you're bringing it to, but <laughs> it's pretty close as far as I saw. Because there were a lot, there was a lot of like, yeah, we don't know how we're going to continue to do business with them. It's such a toxic blah, 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 blah. Like, continuing to talk that stuff up, right? Yeah. And then it's like they so buy them. Like, we'll just buy them. Basically, what you were doing was tanking their stock price by shit talking yeah. them in the press by being Phil Spencer from Microsoft. Because like, yeah, yeah that, that feels like them. that feels like fucking almost uh, illegal. Like, yeah, you, sh- you shouldn't be able to do yeah. that shit. But I guess they did. <laughs> That's marketing, isn't that the way it's supposed to work? I don't know. Yeah. Either way, I mean, the deal caused Sony stock to fucking plummet twenty billion dollars worth of value. So oh. a seismic shift in the video game industry this week, where like, yeah, basically Microsoft bought COD. Like they bought Call of Duty. I don't know what else really comes with Activision at this point. Like, Call, that's yeah, Guitar Call of Hero. Duty, Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch. So Call of Duty, basically. Really, they bought yeah, Call of yeah, Duty. There's a lot of biz- business in fucking Candy Crush. Actually, that's very true. There's, there's a lot it. of like 50 to 60 year old mom like uh, business in Candy Crush there. A lot of toilet gaming. <laughs> you have that look of like facetiousness on it, but that's actually really true. Like that's one of the big gets for them. <laughs> Uh, it's a ton of money, apparently, Candy Crush. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It's, I mean, it's, it's a deal that they made, and it's, it's a big thing. So we'll see how all that works out in the long term. Like, it's not, I don't know, just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know enough about the dynamics of the gaming industry to have much of an opinion on this. I mean, it makes Game Pass very valuable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're getting a lot out of Game Pass now. Like, if you're a Microsoft fanboy, you're probably smiling this week. Just in terms of like the value of what you're going to be getting with Game Pass now, given what they yeah, own, it'll be interesting to see if like because 
shit like Call of Duty isn't like exclusive to Microsoft right now, but like, I think a big marketing deal with PlayStation the last couple of years, because that's been yeah. kind of like the home of Call of Duty the last like five years or so. Um, like all the exclusive maps and stuff like that come to PlayStation first, basically. Yeah. This is like a that, big that would be a pretty big loss if if well, uh, Call of Duty that. were to go to exclusive on Microsoft or even like yeah. you know, first release on Microsoft or something Absolutely. like that would be, would be a big deal. Especially if it's going to Game Pass, like it becomes part of Microsoft's just platform, or like you just buy into Game just Pass and you get COD. Yeah. yeah, like that's. Can you imagine the quality of a, of the version of like Call of Duty that they would give I, away with Game Pass versus like the AAA versions of Call of Duty that we've been getting for so many years? I, I hope they would keep the qual. The reason why they would buy it was to keep the quality up. Like the Call of Duty stands for something. There's a reason why it's like the number one selling. Like it. That is such a, an apocalyptically big number compared to almost every other game franchise, like in terms mm-hmm. of sales, like the worst Call of Duty. So like this year, Call of Duty Vanguard was regarded as just absolutely fucking abysmal, apparently. <laughs> and I was like, OK, fine, great. I still play like I played through the campaign. I didn't hate it. It looked really good. That's the thing, though. These games are Did like you pay for it. No library. Okay. Like they're, they're the most beautiful, polished fucking mirrors of all time. You know what I mean? Like they're graphically like just impeccable yeah. because they're these huge triple A billion dollar games. But like, even that, which is like getting terrible reviews and all this other shit, still has sold more than almost every other game that was released for every platform combined. Yeah, because Angry White was shooting stuff. Well, it's just like you're, and I was talking about this with somebody earlier too. Your casual gamer buys three games a year, and they're if, depending on which side of the border you're on. Everybody buys COD, and then you mm-hmm. either buy Madden or NHL. And then you might buy right. some random other game in the middle of the year, right? But really, your annual games, you're like, you're going to go buy your Chell, or you're going to go buy your that's Madden. The, that's like the dude bro gamers. Exactly. And you're going to go yeah. buy your new COD so you can blow your fucking shoot your friends in the interim between football slash hockey season or whatever. <laughs> I mean, there's 2K2, right? Like, people play basketball. Obviously, there's basketball guys, too. I'm one of them. I play basketball, like, on the game, on the playstation occasionally so who knows but yeah that's kind of like the way the baseline works it's like you're one you buy the big sports game and you buy your cod for the year and that's it that's a lot of fucking gamers yeah so i don't know it's a big big get on microsoft's part i guess we'll just have to kind of keep our eyes on it good thing you bought a playstation tim (laughs) yeah i'm not a big cod guy anyway so that's true that's the thing like i don't really like i only play them like to play the campaign kind of and like i really haven't paid for them recently so and the only one I think I've I've played all the way through was I think Call of Duty Four I had for PC. Mm, yeah, those are all good though. The early ones are dope. Mm-hmm. Either way, so yeah, Joss Whedon. I guess we'll have to talk about Joss now because <sighs> that's the other big story for this week. I mean, he was interviewed. It looks like just primarily by that one outlet, and then it's been kind of filtered out. Yeah, it's a Vulture. Other places. And was it's it Vulture fucking- first. Yeah, Vulture was the one interview. that actually did the article. Yeah, it's long as yeah. shit. I didn't fucking read the whole thing because I, oh, like, I, I just, I'm done with them. I'm just fucking over oh, man. it. It was rough. I don't remember half of it now, too, because I was baked as shit. I had to get baked to <laughs> get, get through it. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm, like, part of me is just like in my head screaming, like, stop talking, dude. Like, <laughs> like you not hear yourself talking? Like, I can't even imagine saying that kind of shit and not hearing myself. He's just trying to fucking play himself off as the victim and, like, walk a line that's like, oh, yes, I did some things I shouldn't have, but I'm not the terrible person that I'm being made out to be and all that kind of horse shit and just Except, like, you totally are. And, like, it's very Immediately after, like, the people that, you know, that he was basically trying to discredit came right back out and said, like, you're fucking lying. Like all this shit happened. Fuck off. Basically. Yeah. Prisma Carpenter and Ray Fisher and fuck. 
I mean, cool. I guess like I the one thing I will say is the writer was pretty good and didn't do like literally didn't do anything, just sat there and like turn pressed record and let him hang himself, which is, you know, she also just could have not fucking interviewed him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She also just like buried him permanently, though. I don't think we're going to be coming back from this one at this point. So that's kind of cool, which means we can be done with it, hopefully. Although nice. we we're talking about who was talking about it, and they're like, "In ten years, you're going to hear his name again." And I'm like, "Yeah, probably." Mm-hmm. It's the reality of the industry, but I don't think whatever. he's ever going to work for like Big Two again. Like he's never, he's probably no. not ever going to be brought back for Marvel or DC. He's going to end up getting these like fringe products or projects that like nobody else will fund, kind of thing. And then, he can go work with what's his name? What's his fuck from Comicscape? Uh, Van Cyber or whatever. Yeah, Van uh, Yeah, yeah, that guy went the nuts. Eh? Battle Frog dude or whatever. Yeah, he's fucking crazy as shit. Apparently, he was like harassing. Like one of my buddies, I was like, "Why?" He's like, "Ah, he just gets into it with me sometimes." I was like, "Oh, okay." Just a douche. And he also got into it with like Mark Brooks. You know, Mark Brooks is the painter. Yeah, it was yeah. like him and his fucking like comic gate guys were like attacking Mark Brooks this week. I'm like, Mark Brooks, like this is, <laughs> that guy sells comics by the trillions. Like he's one of the best painters on the fucking industry. Maybe don't pick a fight with him. Like, <laughs> there's three million people following him. We're gonna watch you make an ass of yourself. I don't know. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, fair enough. Can't have any faith in anybody anymore. Oh, the, did you see this story about The Rock this week where like everybody thought no. he had Stan the T Rex? You know about Stan oh, the T Rex, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, 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 like it was in the background of a Zoom call or something like that. Yeah. Or? And everybody was accusing him of having been the person who bought it and like, like tucked it away. Like, but I guess, I guess that's what happened, yeah, right? Like yeah. somebody bought it at auction and like just like it's gone into like it's kind of in a private collection now yeah. um, and everybody thought it was him who did it and he's like no 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 i just i have friends at that place and like i got a replica made because it's dope as shit and i agree <laughs> like if i could get a fucking t-rex skull replica like that made i'm like, <laughs> like full size do. dude things that's what i mean like would you <laughs> yeah. not get that if you could i'd have that in my like that'd be like the thing under your your glass fucking coffee table oh, or whatever yeah. <laughs> it's just like conversation <laughs> i mean that's awesome that's fucking yeah. dope as shit so I would totally do that. I'm like, why not? He's the rock. He can do it. <laughs> I'm sure he can afford it. Yeah. So either way, I got like, there was a lot of news this week, actually. So apparently, Daniel Radcliffe will be playing Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> in an upcoming biopic. I thought that was fucking funny. On, on Roku TV. On Roku like, TV. Roku is making this fucking thing. Like that is just the weirdest. I don't know. Did you see what like Weird Al wrote about the whole thing too? He's like, I'm sure yes, Daniel Radcliffe, like, this is going to be the role he'll be remembered him for. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, that's right. Classic, classic fucking Weird Al. I love him. You know, I'll watch the movie. I'll figure out how to get Roku. I don't know. Yeah. I get to, to buy another box. Is that what that is? Like, you have to buy another deck? Oh, or can I just God. subscribe to Roku channel or whatever? Yeah, I don't even fucking know. I don't even know if I know anybody that has a Roku for fuck's sake. <sighs> I've seen them like around, but like I've never bought one. So I'm also in the Apple ecosystem. I got like consoles and Apple TVs and shit. Like I don't need yeah. another box. So whatever. I mean, who needs it if you got a fucking smart TV these days, right? Like all yeah, that shit's just on your TV. Yeah. I mean, I have a PC that, you know, is pretty powerful. So like I can do most of that stuff in Windows at this point. Mm-hmm. So anyway, still though, like I'm going to watch that. Although it's kind of funny because Daniel Radcliffe, notoriously tiny, tiny man. Weird Al's pretty tall. Weird Al's like tall and gangly. Yeah, I can see the... I can the, see the energy, though. Like yeah, the, I can see the energy and like the facial, similar facial structure and stuff like that, though. Like I can mm-hmm. see it wouldn't take a lot of makeup to 
turned Daniel Radcliffe into like young Weird Al. I'm on board. I just like <laughs> the Weird Al story sounds like fun. <laughs> I mean, oh, there's so much stuff. What else can we talk about here? We want to talk about Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. We're like we were literally just talking <laughs> about so this. weird. Yeah. I know, right. Uh, they are bringing Quantum Leap back. I think the producers of it are like completely unrelated to the original show, and they're all from like contemporary stuff. Yeah. That I don't remember anymore. And they, but they have talked to Scott Bakula about coming back. Obviously, uh, Dean Stockton has passed away and cannot come back. But if they're smart, they get you know Sam Beckett to come back some, somehow. Maybe he's the bad guy. Maybe, maybe make him, or maybe make he's the, the new. One. Maybe he becomes the hologram dude now, or something like yeah, that. Like he's I the, do that. He's the conscience. He take was was the dude's name Charlie. Maybe the <laughs> reason why, like that, what was the what was this, the pitch I heard was like maybe he's the reason why these guys launched the quantum leaping is like they're going to find him or something like that. Like it's his kid or some shit who yeah. goes into the time stream to catch him so that by season three, you can actually have him come back and make it a big event that he's back and shit or yeah, whatever. That'd be cool too. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I, I don't, I only ever watched like quantum leap, like here and there kind of thing. My mom yeah, really liked too. it, but I, I never like watched it. I mean, it was a little before like week to week for me. Cause it was yeah. like 1989 to 93. Yeah, the other the only thing I was watching regularly at that point was probably Star Trek. Like I would, I would be actively. Yeah, I got into Star time. Trek. Yeah, like eighty, maybe around like ninety or ninety-one or something like that. Yeah, I was like, we, we, my dad was into it like early, so mm-hmm. we were watching it week to week, like from eighty-seven on. So, been an addict since like the early days. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Lord of your Lord of the Rings? Tra- oh, you know what? Let's talk about that <laughs> last. We'll talk about that later. Okay. I have two things that are more like small. Taika Waititi has another show coming about pirates which yeah, i'm gonna watch this. the shit out of <laughs> i don't i didn't know if we'd actually talked about it or not but like there was a trailer and it looks fucking great so i'm on board for more taiko <laughs> tv because and it's reese darby from played their manager on uh flight of the concords or the manager on flight of the concords yeah is the like lead on it and yeah it looks pretty fucking bonkers hodor's in it yeah oh yeah yeah it looks like it's gonna be it'll be good yeah i, mean, I don't know I, it doesn't look like it it has necessarily the same sort of what we do in the shadows kind of energy to it but it I mean, does it does still look fun you can't make everything be perfect you know what i mean <laughs> like that show's perfect you can't not you can't expect everything to be that good so <laughs> this one's just for like me and my art people uh so did you hear and for you kind of did you hear about the crypto bros who bought the uh <laughs> the book of Jodorowsky's Dune and yeah. didn't realize that copyright like owning Still a book exists. Yeah. Like owning a book doesn't mean that you own the copyright to the book, regardless of how dumb fuck of an amount you like spent. two million, two point six million dollars euros or something for or euros. Or that's shit. right. It was it was euros yeah. or some shit. Euros or pounds, maybe. I, I have the link. Hold on, let me like open I'm it up. Pretty sure it was euros, but either it's way, it's euros. like it's just you know, crypto bros fucking not understanding how copyright. Well, I mean, like that's been the story that, of like yeah. this NFT situation since the very beginning. Like my work's getting flagged. I have to fucking flag my work constantly from getting like stolen for this shit too you know what i mean like it's been a constant fucking battle like with me and all of my fellow artists who like don't do it and they're like but we're getting our shit stolen off of like deviantart somebody else is turning it into into nfts and i'm like oh my god and i don't overly give a shit because i'm like it's all a ponzi scheme that's gonna fucking collapse in like six months anyway really you know don't buy NFTs, kids. You're fucking. Yeah. You're not buying anything. You're buying a link to something that could go dead at any time. 
seriously dude just buy a print at least then you get a yeah. piece of paper with the art on it you know what i mean <laughs> seriously that and like the artist makes money off that like that's how most of us make our fucking living is selling prints of our work yeah. please buy a print don't fucking buy an nft don't waste your money on an nft just mine ethereum with your graphics card or it's or if you, easy if you, if fucking you really you want to do it yeah, if you really want like a super high res like file, then like contact the artist. I'm sure they would sell They'll you absolutely sell you a high res file. file of their art kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I will sell you a PDF for like ten bucks. It's not that big a <laughs> fucking deal. You can print it as many times as you want. Then I don't care. <laughs> Jerk off on it. it. Doesn't fucking matter to me anymore. That's what a commission's for. Trust me. You should see some of the shit that I get asked to draw sometimes. <laughs> Sweet, you Jesus. gotta show me some of that shit sometime. I can't. I, I no. I can. I'm not allowed. It's not cool. Don't do that. But I'll. I will. I can. I'll tell you about them. Not on the podcast sometime though, because <laughs> they're disgusting. Anyway, let's talk about your Lord of the Rings trailer. I mean, it was not really a trailer. It no, was, not trailer. It was just a title reveal. Yeah. So what are you? Yeah, what so, are your? So, what are your rings, folks, making of uh, <laughs> the Ring of Power as the reveal of the yes title of this? So the Amazon Lord of the Rings series has a full title now. It is called The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, suggesting that it will have to do with the creation of the Rings of Power and the events surrounding that. Honestly, not a story that I have a huge amount of familiarity with because a lot of it is from like the history of Middle Earth and stuff like that that I don't really know that well. But still, like, there's, I don't know, there, most people are saying like, Yes, this makes sense for this to be the story that they're telling, given like the characters that they've said they're going to be using and stuff like that. There's other stuff that people like there's hobbits that they've cast and shit and people are like, okay, hobbits had nothing to do with the forging of the rings of power. How the fuck do these characters come into it and stuff like that? But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Alicia picked apart the logo and like the kerning and shit like that on it and stuff and was not super happy about it. But uh, apparently they actually that like one minute video or whatever they did where they had uh, Morford Clark who plays Gladriel voice, the ring poem. Uh-huh. Uh, and they had a video that was just them sort of making the titles and they actually filmed that live action. Like it was them like pouring molten metal into like yeah, uh, was a, a piece of wood or something like that. Like that was made for real, not like yeah. CG. And so they, they released uh, like a behind the scenes thing after that. So that part of it looked pretty cool. And I appreciate that they went to the effect to do that or went to the links to do that practically. Yeah, no, it looked really neat. Uh, and I, and I saw the video of them doing it. Cause I was like, that looks like really nice CGI, mm-hmm. which sadly digital video occasionally can lend very, very like close up. Like it feel, like starts to feel a little bit like make it look like CGI. And if it is real life, which unfortunate, but I didn't sit there and analyze the logo for kerning, but I mean, most, <laughs> TV logos are usually not super great, like well-designed pieces. Like that was the one thing I was, I'm impressed with. It's one of those things I keep going back to with Star Trek, like the art direction and stuff is still so like incredibly yeah. precise. You know what I mean? Like, like all right the logos the and stuff looks really good. All the ships and shit look great. The uniforms look awesome. Nobody's writing those fucking shows at all. The but it's just like, displays and everything. Like everything looks awesome. Cause obviously there's somebody there who gives a shit about making that stuff look good. Mm-hmm. and they're spending the money on it and stuff but it's just like they can't get the actual stories to work but like yeah so i can totally understand them when it's your favorite franchise to sit there and look at the logo and be like oh man they rushed the shit out of that that sucks so yeah. <laughs> too bad 
I guess you can just rip everything off of a comic book if you don't have a comic book based on it, right? Like that, like Marvel did with Hawkeye, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. So he has fucking straight up lifted that from the covers and everything. And, yeah. Hey, Dave, yeah. Like I think he designed those. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Anyway, the last thing, well, the last thing I had on my list was that there was a Moon Knight trailer and that Moon Knight comes out on March 30th. And we'll yes. at least be starting to stream that week. This looks like a different kind of Marvel show, finally. It looks yeah, like a horror show. So I'm kind of like on board a little bit more than. Yeah. Like if they were just going to keep going down like this, it's still street level, obviously, and all that kind of stuff. But it does have like these very like horror elements or like right in there with the fucking dark god Khonshu. Like he's in there with the skull head and shit. So I'm like, yeah, and like the, they, they're clearly leaning really hard into the you know mental illness side and dissociative yeah. identity disorder and everything that the character has and you know, really trying to make you feel, at least in the trailer, really, you know, confused and disoriented and stuff like that so that that part of it looked cool a lot of people have a lot of things to say about oscar isaac's english accent however which is not fantastic i thought it was okay i've heard worse people are saying it's from like the like the dick van dyke school of english accents like like what he did as bert and mary poppins benedict cumberbatch still hasn't done an american accent that i find possible it's so like so true whatever and he's not gonna be using that british accent all the time anyway because that's steven yeah. he was speaking as steven which is a secondary character mark is an american but like the mark specter identity is an american you know he won't have that accent oh, all the time okay. it'll oh, just okay. be when he's doing that other character right so it's it's it'll be that makes sense then yeah if, if it if it should be kind not of really. put on because it's not his like primary identity or whatever i guess yeah. that kind of makes so sense like it kind of makes sense to me anyway i mean like no it looks good i mean i'm gonna watch it but sure. in the comics i'm like oh shit yeah that guy's gonna have to be really good at doing accents and stuff because there are a couple like different like voices that are supposed to be coming out of that character so mm. but either way i'm like I, I thought it looked good i don't know who else is in that show it looks like I, oscar isaac beats the fuck out of a bunch of randos well, Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hawke's the main villain and he's in the yeah. trailer. I can't remember the name of him, but did you see that uh, one of the actors died? Uh, just, the French guy. Yeah, just yesterday. Gaspar Uliel. Yeah, he was in something else, he too. He had just he was, been in something uh, He else. was in Hannibal Rising. Yeah. He played Hannibal Lecter in that. He was in Saint Laurent a few years ago, like the Yves Saint Laurent. Mostly uh, French stuff, yeah. In, yeah. But uh, yeah, he died in a, died as of like a uh, a skiing accident injury sustained in a skiing accident yeah yeah he was like uh yeah i think he's still in the show so i don't know i haven't heard anything like from marvel about like like cutting him out i don't obviously yeah, no, they they probably won't, any, so. no i don't see any reason why they wouldn't necessarily have to pull him from the show they'll probably just put a little dedication or whatever right yeah absolutely so i mean march 30th that's sooner than i was expecting it like i'm excited to get into that one so yeah because that's our next that's our next marvel show right or uh-huh. Yeah, Disney Plus for this year. Yeah, it's yeah. the first Disney Plus series for this year. Uh, I don't think we're getting Marvel's a movie for that either, right? Because no, the movie's no. been pushed out. Yeah, it's May, right? So. For Doctor Strange now. Yes, yeah, it was like March that. at one point, but I think it's May now. Anyway, uh, that was it for me for news. Uh, I mean, that, there was there's probably some stuff I missed because you guys. Yeah, let's not time. talk about all the Star Trek. Oh shit! You know what? I did want to bring up the Star Trek. <laughs> a lot of Star Trek is happening. <laughs> basically there's going to be star trek every week through july oh man some point yeah in july <laughs> that's right i completely forgot about like how long like how much of that was happening including weeks that have multiple episodes of star trek something or another oh it's rough and it's going to be like a couple weeks where you're going to be expected to watch an episode of discovery and an episode of Picard on the same week like oh you know oh 
So yeah, as of January 20th, I mean, they've been running Prodigy since like last year, right? Like they may have taken a break around Christmas or whatever, but they've been back and pretty solid with episodes since like episode five or six or something like that at the beginning of the year. Uh, They run through February 3rd. The week, yeah, Discovery comes back and finishes its season out through the 17th of March. We're on the 3rd of March, Picard starts season two and runs through May 5th, where it will run for a week. So it runs three weeks. So March 3rd, March 10th, and March 17th, you get the last episodes of Discovery and the first three episodes of Picard airing like on those weeks. Oh, And then the finale of Picard also airs the same week as the first episode of Strange New Worlds on May 5th. So we do have a date for Strange New Worlds finally, which is kind of cool. Yeah. It's about the only thing I'm really look like super looking forward to here. Well, I mean, like Lower Decks little season bit, three bit coming. Lower Decks. I mean, I yeah. like Lower Decks, but I'm not like, oh my god, when like give, put it into my veins kind of thing. It's the only thing that feels like Star Trek to me in the last little while that isn't the fucking Orville. So like, I'd rather I just take it at this point and like kind of want more of it. Uh, I really enjoyed season two though, so there's that. I am looking forward to Strange New Worlds. I hope it's, I hope it's good. You know, like I'm just <laughs> God. I hope it's good. But yeah, there's but like everything was renewed. I can't believe they renewed Discovery again. I have no idea where they're going to go for a fifth season of that show. Um, Picard was renewed for season three, even though I didn't think Patrick Stewart was interested in doing it anymore. Yeah, like, there was all that talk about him, like being like, "Hey, we're done after two. Great, we did two. And then now he's coming back for a third. I guess they must have just dumped maybe, the fucking just back it'll the be like truck of money of up Picard or some shit. They'll fucking like spin it off and have like some <sighs> relative of his takeover. I don't know. I mean, Q's back. That's the only thing that's got me like even kind of curious about Picard season two is it's like they said Q Q and Guinan are going to be like Q and Whoopi Goldberg are both in that season. So I'm like, we'll have to see how that works out. Yeah. Immortal characters that both look older for some reason. I mean, with Q, at least it's because he's making fun of Picard. Like, I I understand why he's doing it. Guinan, that's not going to make a ton of sense. And she's been alive for like 3000 years or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so tons of Star Trek. I don't like, yeah, I don't want to belabor it just because there's just a lot, but oh, I'm going to watch all of it. Laura only knows how that's going to feel. Yeah, do you have anything else you want to bring up? Aside from this, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know why I had Star Trek in my notes. It's just it was tucked between <laughs> Microsoft and Joss Whedon, and I kind of forgot about it for a second there. Uh, let's see. The, the only things I had one, we did get a picture of the Batgirl costume from the Leslie Grace Batgirl movie oh, yeah. that's coming up. Um, it looks very sort of somewhere between the Batgirl of Burnside comic book run and Batgirl year one. So, I mean, it's visual. We can't really say that much about it, but I don't know. It got a lot of reaction anyways. I thought it looked, I mean, it looked better when I saw like on set shots, like candid yeah. shots of it. Then the, the, the studio like, shot made it look still, like, yeah, it was, was kind of it looked pretty CWE and I yeah. was not super happy with that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that movie is one of those ones that's like, is that that's a uh, HBO Max thing. It's not an actual like theatrical movie, right? I think it's theatrical. I don't, think, they don't okay. think they're doing like direct to HBO, like feature length movies. No, it says that it is. Oh, no, it is. Yeah, it is for HBO Max. Oh, I didn't realize that they were doing. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize that they were doing uh, feature-length movies for. That's the other movie that Michael Keaton's in, right? Like he's in that too as Batman, if I'm not mistaken. Is he? I think that's the other one he's in, right? I don't he's know. The I know. Batman in that, right? Why? Well, I, I I don't uh, I don't I don't, I don't know. It's supposed to be like a confusing one because it's got what's his what's his pus as Jeffrey Wright. 
No, it doesn't have Jeffrey oh, Wright. That's, as that's one that's got J.K. Simmons as Gordon. Yes. This fucking shit is confusing me now. You no, know, you're right. Michael Keaton is is announcing that as Batman and Brendan Fraser as Firefly. I guarantee you that that, well, no, it says that this is supposed to come out in 2022. I, it'll be interesting to see how they work this into like that Flash movie that is going to have Keaton in it as well. I don't fucking know. I mean. Do I talk about the Justice League? Yeah, that's the other big DC news is that in the comics, they've announced that with issue number 75 of the current run of Justice League, which is currently being run, drawn by Joshua Joshua Williamson, I think it's Joshua Williamson, he they're going to kill, quote unquote, kill the Justice League. But it's like multiverse kind of stuff. So I am going to be and and like then there's just not going to be a Justice League title for a while. And they're going to do a whole like world without a justice league thing except they're not gonna fucking like you know have no batman or green lantern well i guess they could do no green lantern there's not how jordan is really uh, doing much well right now. first of all the promo art is for some baffling reason they finally brought john stewart back to kill him so that he could yeah. be replaced by hal jordan who's been green lantern the entire time as far as i know right like it's not like hal jordan wasn't does he not the lead uh, of green lantern right now no the well there's a green lanterns book i'm actually behind on right now okay. uh, so well, i don't know I mean, exactly what's going as on far as in, i in was green aware lantern like hal had been the main green lantern around earth for since like new 52 anyway right like john had been there but like he'd been in the, kind of like the main guy right because jeff johns has a boner for Hal jordan the size of all outdoors yeah. how would he not be right and then there's weird there's no flash like they didn't kill a flash so like how yeah. many flashes well, they're, they're, they're saying that one person is going to serve one of the justice league members is going to survive and the promo art has coffins for aquaman batman superman wonder woman and green lantern which is presumably john stewart because he's not in the rest of the picture so yeah i don't fucking know how they're gonna do this it's it's a weird one and i don't know wonder i feel woman like just came probably- back from the dead apparently like like within the past 12 issues, right? <laughs> yeah. Cause she, she, she died during the dark night, dark metal, dark nights metal. I don't fucking even remember anymore. That was, don't let Scott Snyder do any more fucking crossovers, please. No Batmans or not Batmans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that story yet. I, it'll be okay. weird to see like if they just fucking, if they kill off those characters in the justice league book, but they're still kicking around in other books or whatever. I don't know, we'll see. Like, yeah, uh, the I was only... going to say like they, they had, like you were just telling us about a story that involves Superman being off planet and like Jonathan yes. having taken over for him. So like all of a sudden Clark's back and now he's going to die. Like that sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? So, I mean, they haven't been playing shit like really tight together continuity wise in terms of like, you know, if a character is, off planet in this book then they can't appear in the justice league book or whatever I sort of thing so trust me i can't i can't begrudge them that for anything we have wolverine you know what i mean like yeah, he's just everywhere all of us. Well, there's got there there probably should be eight wolverines in i mean there are eight wolverines but i mean like <laughs> there should be eight of the male like standard wolverine and yeah. just because of the amount of appearances he makes so i understand where you're coming from but it's still like why why won't you just make it line up so that it's at least kind of <laughs> makes sense from the outside because like even from the outside, I don't. I'm not reading any of these books. You're saying like we're gonna kill all these characters. I'm like, well, I I, I know Wonder, <laughs> I know Wonder Woman just came back. Yeah, and I know it hasn't been that long since Bruce has been back under the cowl. So like, yeah. what do we do? Are we is Dick is now Dick Batman again? We're all back right. to Dick Bat. 
I don't right? fucking know. Or they'll just give it to Damien or I don't know who fucking knows. Maybe they give Tim his turn. Is it, is it Tim's turn now? Sure. Let's give Tim a shot. Right. I guess. Right. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, it's exciting times. It's geek of the week time, Tim. Geek of the week. Uh, this is the segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week. Tim, what was the nerdiest thing you did this week? I have gotten pretty hard into this Wordle game that's going around the internet. Yeah, you and everybody the fuck yeah, else. Everybody seems to. I like it because it's there's a bunch of like copycat apps and stuff like that out there, but yeah. the actual original version of it is just this website that is poweroflanguage.co.uk or something like that. Yeah. And it's addictive and it's the nice thing is it's not like you know, it's just a little fucking word puzzle. You can usually do it in like a couple of minutes, you know, so it's not like one of those things that will take, you know, half hour of your day every day or something like that. But I've been enjoying it. I've been pretty fucking good at it, too. Like I'm on a streak of 11 since I started. And that's yeah, that's every one since I started. And I've done a number of I've gotten three of them in two guesses and a bunch more in like four guesses. So my distribution right now is pretty solid as well so it's fun and i'm enjoying it and i'm good at it so yeah cool yeah no i didn't i like it just turned into one of those things that like popped onto twitter and i was like what is this nope don't care like i just don't it's definitely very viral because the way that the you know anybody that's seen the results from it knows it's just like some gray and yellow and green boxes but it's a fun way to like be like it shows you shows people sort of your pattern and your results without giving away the answer to the puzzle kind of thing. So you yeah. can kind of look at what other people did and say like, Oh, you must've like guessed exactly what I did for your, the guess before you got it right or whatever, or you must, you, you know, so it's interesting to see, you know, different people have like different strategies and stuff. I'm always like doing it, but they release them like at midnight Eastern time. And so I'm always doing them like right when they come out Whereas like other people will do them, you know, following day or afternoon or whatever. And then those people have the benefit of having seen other people's results and maybe, you know, think being able to come up with some sort of strategy based on what they've seen other people do. I don't know. It's interesting. And it's, it's, you know, fun just to have one of those things where like, I feel like I'm part of something kind of thing. Fair enough. Yeah. I I think I tried it once and was like, no, no, I don't need this. (laughs) I don't need the addiction. And part of it is like I've, you know, back being in like semi lockdown or whatever we're in right yeah. now, like and and being going into like, you know, almost our third year of the pandemic and everything. It's just one of those things that I've I've been looking for little puzzly things like this just to kind of cut through some of like that fucking pandemic and isolation brain fog kind of thing. And I, I feel like it's been helping me with that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's not I, I, whenever there's word stuff involved with Twitter, I'm always like, nope, no, thank you. <laughs> I don't like gamifying Twitter. I just like to shit post Fair and enough. get likes on my artwork, basically. So that, there's that. <laughs> I used my new TV momentum from the expanse and got through season three of Doom Patrol this week. And <laughs> well, you beat me through it. I'm almost through I? It. I got like, yeah, I got like three episodes left, I think. No, I just sat down, man. Two days. I got right through it. I like I fucking still love that show. Like it's so well like paste and put together so and like it's so, it's so nuts and stuff like sometimes the 
resolutions to the episodes feel like they, yeah sometimes they do feel like they come out of left field but like i never feel cheated when that happens either like i always feel like oh my god yeah it's doom patrol so like it was fun for it to happen that way kind of thing <laughs> yeah. like it's probably a resolution of a joke from the beginning of the episode that kind of pays everything off so i'm like all right somebody at least wrote this so like i'm cool with it yeah. and like i like all the performances are really good i still think the two women on the show that actually have to work put in yeah, way more uh, work than Diane, everybody else. Diane Guerrero Diane Guerrera. plays Jane and yeah. I can't remember who the actress is. It's Amy something. I, she, I am like so smitten with her now too and I can't. April Balby who plays Yeah, uh, who's been in a ton of stuff girl. also. But yeah, she's awesome. Rita Farr. Yeah. Yeah, she's really Brian great. And she's fucking so much fun in it too. He's tons of fun. Yeah, like yeah. his voiceover stuff is excellent and all that kind of stuff. I like it when he gets to show up and actually like be Brendan Fraser, like fat Brendan Fraser on yeah. camera and stuff and like just like rocket i'm like yeah man that's awesome yeah he gets to do flashbacks or like weird mind stuff where you get to see him yeah, yeah actually so, like that show is just like batshit insane still like even this ep- yeah having missy uh show up michelle gomez yeah, from was, doctor who was really that fun was too. a nice surprise because like it was like the, the episode where i was like huh i wonder what like it, it started to feel like very bodily the first couple episodes of the show mm-hmm. of this season where i was like oh i don't know if and is this going to be like a COVID season where like it's just the main cast and they're all dealing with like evil yeah, versions of themselves so that they don't have to do like tons of guests and shit? And then like episode three or four, Mark Shepard and Missy show up, and it's yeah. like, oh okay, we're gonna at least those two are around. And Mark Shepard's always a fucking joy for me. I love Mark Shepard in yeah. basically everything. Ever since he first showed up in that X Files episode like <laughs> a million years ago, yeah. I've always looked out for him. On stuff. A lot of Even stuff right now that's coming out is feeling kind of bodily, though. Like we were talking yeah, oh, about this I mean, earlier. Like there's a lot of things where you can feel like, oh yeah, this is filmed during COVID. Like there's stuff in there, in there where like there are clearly actors that are they've just incorporated a mask into a costume, and it yeah. doesn't really make sense as to why they're just like, okay, we can't have. For some reason, they were just like, okay, you know, two people in this scene have to yeah. be wearing masks or something like that. I don't yeah, know. yeah, there was some weird stuff going on in some of it, but like. Aside from that, but like that's been coming up in tons of shit. Like we were talking about that in Hawkeye. We were Hawkeye. talking about that, yeah. and uh, I, I'm noticing it a lot in Peacemaker right now too. Yeah, like yeah. it's, it's Last, popping lot, up a lot. Final season of Black Lightning had a lot of that too. Yeah, that show also Peacemaker continues to just fucking like rock my world. That show's so goddamn <laughs> funny. Yeah. John Cena, honest to God, like I mean, I knew he was good. Like he's been a star for years, right? Like he's fucking he was the number one guy in WWE for a long time. You don't get to do that job without being fucking good at it for that long. Like, he was the guy for 10 years. Yeah. Like, you don't get to be that guy without being good at it, regardless of like how kiddie your fucking character is and everybody hates you because of it. But <laughs> God, he's got the goods. Like He's so fucking funny and just completely yeah. willing to make himself look like a complete fucking idiot, which is so indispensable totally. to the show. Yeah, like So indispensable to the show. He's so good. Yeah, he anyway, sells it. Yeah, uh, DC TV, at least. Just kicking ass right now, man. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. So Doom Patrol was really good, and I'm loving Peacemaker. So that was kind of been my geek of the week. It's time to move on, then, to meet of the episode time. Oh, I'm excited to hear this. <laughs> meat of the episode. Blind radar meat. All right. I'll give you that one. <laughs> so because we've been talking about doing more comic book coverage, and I've been filleting this run of comics for the past three years, I thought maybe... And it's real slow right now for content for some yeah. reason. We're in a little, a brief lull. We're in a little lull. I thought I'd get Tim to read as much Daredevil as I could get him to cram into <laughs> a week, basically. And he got into about, what did you say, 25 issues we finished? Yeah, 25 issues. So we are reading 
basically the Chip Shadarsky and like it's a ton of different artists, but it's all Chip Shadarsky written. Mostly Marco Marco Chiquetto's, yeah, stuff. Daredevil. So basically volume six of Daredevil issues one through twenty-five or the first five trades. So volume six, volume one through five, I guess. Weird. They're only doing five issue trades. Yeah. So I mean occasionally some of them are I mean I don't know. I think DC's doing like six now. I don't know. Are they, doing, they were doing six, but like it depends that makes on where more they sense, chop. Right? It's like every six months. It depends on where they chop the stories, though, too, right? Yeah, like, true. plus they do like fill-ins and annuals and shit. Like the, I think mm. in a, the beginning of the fifth trade was technically the annual where you get reintroduced to Mike Murdoch. You know, Mike oh, Murdoch shows I didn't, up. I didn't read that one. There's an annual that's in the trades because I have the trades oh, okay. too, or at least I have the trades digitally. So like that's what I was reading was the trades and it includes that annual where you're kind of like oh Matt Murdock's back around and then like he shows back up as kind of been hired by Foggy at the end yeah, there yeah. he he they kind of reintroduced him in the annual that year and if it's you, I guess it's not part of the Marvel Unlimited run which makes yeah well, it, kind of makes it's sense. just not part I was just reading through the title yeah, the and sequential it yeah yeah so I mean, just going through sequentially and normally like you know in our in my world I'm used to like if there's something you know, they say, oh, uh, you know, exactly. It would say like, oh, you know, next week or whatever, you should read this and then come back in a month for whatever, for a continuation of the story kind of thing. I know I read the story about him yesterday and it was in either the fourth or fifth trade when I was going through them. I think it might have mm-hmm. been, it might have been the last issue of the fourth. Oh, well. Either way. Yeah, no, there is a one. Yeah, there's, there's a, an annual in there that I read also. But yeah, we are basically just looking at one through 25 now, I guess. So, um, yeah, who else was like worked on this? There's George Fornes who did like also did art on is it a couple George issues. Or is it or? Jorge, Jorge, I don't know, man. Don't know. Some of these guys, the names like it's tricky because uh, I don't know where they're from. All of them. Yeah, there's yeah the the other dudes were. Well, the colorist has been Sunny Go, who's been working with Marco Chiquetto because I always want to talk about the colorist at the very least. Mm-hmm with covers by it's Julian Totino Tedesco did the colors covers on the first batch of issues. Yeah. And then I, I guess Clayton Cowles lettered it. I mean, yeah, the covers on this, the art on this is like some of the art's excellent. And then the fill in issues happen. So, and then we'll talk about that. Yeah. Cause like shame. the second batch of issues are uh, Lalit Kumar Sharma um, and Jorge Fornes. And then, Oh man, who else is in there doing? There's a couple stuff? others later on. Chichetto comes back or, is it Chiquetto or Chiquetto? I say Chiquetto, but I've, Chiquetto, I've heard okay. both at this point. And then depends on Mobi- which reviewer. Mobili and Olazaba do like one, one issue, and then yeah, Hawthorne and Mayer do like one issue. Some yeah, the filling guys are not great. during the during the Truth Dare storyline. Yeah, well, there's a bunch of fill-ins in the Through Hell storyline too, right? Is that where there's no? No, I think Marco Chichetto did, no. did pretty much all oh, the Okay, films. sorry. There's, there's, he's got mm-hmm. somebody doing like no. finishes or something on it. Francesco Mobley does fourteen through fifteen. Okay, are the art through on those? Like, like I said, this is one of the problems with this run. Is like right at the top, is that it's very broken up by fill-in artists. Unfortunately, yeah. it's like that is one of the things that I and I will criticize for, <laughs> and it's very noticeable. Yeah, because like Marco Chichetto is at the top of his game right now, as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. And uh, it's kind of sad to see, like, when you get, like, him and then, like, the next issue that is basically, like, the direct continuation of the story that you were just reading and, like, a completely it's different totally style. Different. <laughs> and, like, it's not anywhere near as, like, we'll say 
finely drafted, I guess, compared to Marco Chiquetto. Like Marco Chiquetto is doing like extremely tight, like good penciling. I don't even think he's getting inked that much. Like it looks pretty like digital pencils and straight to color. Yeah, no, they're, they're, when it's him, it, it's like just him on art. There's nobody, there's no inker. And same with uh, Jorge Fornes. His art is the stuff that feels closest to Chiquetto's. And yeah. his, I, I didn't notice as much. Because, yeah, I didn't really notice like super, uh, that he ended up doing like some of those late teens titles uh, until now. He's got kind of that Michael Larkey kind of style that just kind of fits in with everything nicely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you want to start by like telling us what the the plot kind of of these issues is? Um, I don't. You don't oh, have to go into insane detail because there's 25 issues we're trying to cover here, which is <laughs> uh, a lot of comic book. Yes, yeah. that's basically two years worth of comic book here. So, well, actually, you know what? Before we before we even start, what did you think overall? Like this is we kind of threw, I basically threw Tim into the deep end of the 616 New York <laughs> Very scene. Much so. You know what I mean? Yes. There's a lot. You're like I didn't give you any pre reading. You know, that story stuff that's fucked up is you're just getting tossed <laughs> into the middle of the story. Yeah, there definitely is. This yeah, is absolutely. this is by far the most li- Daredevil I've ever read. I yep. don't know that I'd ever read a Daredevil solo title period before this. Like I'd read him in other stories and stuff like that. It's like crack. You're going to want more, buddy. It's just like yes. crack. That first hit for free. The second one. Woo. No, I, I enjoyed it overall. I thought it was it was a definitely a compelling story. Lots of cool stuff going on outside of just Matt Murdock. Good good cast of supporting characters, which is always something that draws me into a book. Makes me especially a, a long running title. You know, like I like it when an artist or when a writer can like take maybe a whole issue where you don't really necessarily see the main character much yeah. or at all, kind of thing, and you're still like you know, compelled. Like I, one of the, that reminds me of that Starman series that James Robinson Starman yeah, series, yeah. where there'd be a whole issues where fucking no character named Starman would show up and you'd still be just fucking compelled. Or even like some of the old Superman books in the nineties kind of thing, where some of the supporting characters were so well-written that you could just sit there and watch a whole issue just of like fucking Jimmy Olsen or some shit. Well, they, they basically created a deuter antagonist kind of role for Kingpin in the daredevil book all at all times he's always a main character and almost Mm. the secondary protagonist of the stories a lot of the time and he is very much in this like you're you're spending a lot of time with wilson fisk as he maneuvers around being mayor and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah no i'm I'm glad you liked i was concerned as i was rereading it i'm like oh man yeah like i've I forgot that like he had just done the deal with the devil to like wipe everybody's <laughs> memories. Like there's a lot of that. that. Where I was just like, Jesus, that's a lot of fucking like comic book fucking soap opera. Shit. Yeah. There's yeah, a lot but... of comic book Mart like horse shittery going and on then, at the beginning of it. And then his fucking like evil twin brother shows up and pretends that he's him and shit. And yeah. like, Oh God. Like, so yes, there was some of that kind of like, you know, really, you know, this, the sort of stuff that you have when you've got a character that's been around for, ever and has this long history and you know you're you get a writer that wants to use some bits and pieces of that but like some of it is kind of like comic book fucky kind of thing yeah but then you also get those fucking dope ass interactions with peter parker and stuff like yeah, that I like they're that. like I these did enjoy fucking that. greatly like incredibly well written scenes and stuff like that where these two characters are dealing yeah. with you. and that's the kind of stuff that like when i talk about daredevil like and spider-man as like bros and shit like those are those scenes that i'm like yeah mm-hmm chef's kiss like zadarsky seems to understand the dynamic of street level marvel 
yeah. mean, I guess if you writing Daredevil, you basically like, you're thrust into the middle of street level Marvel. Like he's very much the center hub of all this. Obviously, like you're seeing all these characters come in and out. Almost everybody, really, like in this run, we see Frank Castle, we see Luke Cage, yeah. we see the Iron Fist, Jessica we see Jones, Jessica Jones, Fist, you see Spider-Man, around. You see Iron, yeah, Iron Man for like a couple like, issues. Tony's, yeah, Tony's there. Yeah. We'll get to like later in the run, you start seeing Steve and shit show up too, like just because the Avengers are around. So, well, Steve shows up in the, no, well, yeah, Steve shows up in the courtroom. That's right. Yeah, he's there too. Towards yeah. the end, yeah. Those senior Avengers like coming around and like giving the street level guys some shit sometimes just because they're in town. Yeah, and then what's nice is that like there's still tension between them too. Like you can still feel the like it's not yeah, always there's, there's an, an easy respect kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is I like I like the it's not like a big clubhouse kind of feel that Marvel gets sometimes. Where like the some of the characters don't always yeah 100 percent trust each other regardless of how long they've been around. I mean they've all done sketchy shit like Tony. You get like Matt, that yeah on on my side of the street on DC. You get like that Bruce, Bruce. Wayne or that, that yeah. like Batman Green Arrow kind of back and yeah. forth, right? Yeah. yeah, I like. I always like the the old the old Marvel guard always kind of side eyeing each other for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. All right, that's good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it overall. But let's uh, let's talk about the plot of this beast. Okay, I'm gonna try and go quick. The first storyline is called No Fear, K N O W Fear, and so this is like the very first start of the run, first issue, but it is not really a jump on point. Like it picks up well, from it isn't, a, it an isn't, old this isn't a, a longstanding daredevil tradition of leaving a cliffhanger <laughs> for the next team to pick up. That's it's yeah. basically been happening since uh, Frank Miller, Frank Miller left on a cliffhanger and let his neck, the next team pick up. And it's been happening like that ever since Bendis left Brubacher, a cliffhanger of Matt being stuck in jail, like mm. having been exposed as daredevil and being arrested for it. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I mean, it happens quite often in these books <laughs> guess what guess what else happens a lot kingpin finds out his secret identity and ruins his life because of it uh, and he sticks bullseye on him guys it's yeah. crazy how these things happen over and over again and they're gonna happen in this run yeah i mean this i mean the story starts out with him womanizing basically right like it's a it's matt yeah, Murdock 101 it starts here, right? out he's gotten hit by a truck and he's trying yeah. to figure out kind of what to do with his life he's not back up to his prime Wilson Fisk is mayor and he's like got it out for the masks in New York City. He's trying to take them down, like saying like that they're a danger. And then there's this new detective whose name is Cole North, who is leading the fight to take down the masks and take down Daredevil. Uh, it's this first couple of issues or f- first, I guess this whole storyline is for like five yeah. issues. Yeah. Are, is like interspersed with flashbacks to Matt's earlier life. It's like focused on his interactions with uh, interactions with his priest, let's say, yeah. raising uh, yeah, as a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then, like as his earlier days as Daredevil, like it goes like to the black costume from the TV show and the yellow, the classic yellow costume and stuff. He tries to stop a B and E, gets his ass handed to him because he's not at top of his game by like just run of the mill crooks. Uh, and at the same time, he gives one of them a head injury that apparently later kills him. Dude's name is Leo Carrero. So now the cops are after him even harder because they like he killed somebody and he's like trying to prove that he was framed, but he wasn't. He did legit did, like, fucking legit kill this guy. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Process he encounters this detective North who shoots him, and then they have like a fight and North takes him into custody. Then the Punisher attacks in the police police convoy when he's been arrested and frees Matt. 
Uh, Punisher patches him up and he's like, yeah, buddy, you're one of me now. You kill criminals. We can go out on patrol together. But it's like Zdarsky <laughs> answering the TV show, basically. Like, you, I, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it kind of feels like he's like, how can I write season four of the TV show and put it in the comic book continuity and make it all work? Yeah. Kind of. You know what I mean? Like, it all kind of <laughs> works if you squint at it. And like yeah. having Frank show up really early on, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. <laughs> yes, you would totally have Berthal show up as fast as, fucking <laughs> fast as you could in a new Daredevil. You can totally feel where the the TV show influenced this run in particular. Absolutely, like it's, yeah. it's fed back into the character for sure. Yeah. The Punisher, yeah, so patches him up and then they have a little face off because Matt's like, I'm not like you. And they moralize back and forth at each other. And the eternal debate. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Punisher tells Daredevil about some drug deals planned by the owl. Which can we just say right now is a super fucking sixties like character design and villain name? Oh man, he's been around since the sixties. Yeah, he, I know, I'm just, you yeah. can tell. <laughs> well, actually, uh, remember, like he's in Daredevil in the show, Leland Alski, Leland at the oh, Leland the, the, Owsley, the, yeah, 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 yeah. That's supposed to be yeah, yeah. the same character name, anyway. Yeah. yeah, but no, the 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 owl's a fucking old ass Spider-Man villain. Like he's like one of those New York crime mainstays. Well, he's like, a total like goofy fucking Stan villain, like one hundred percent. Absolutely, he's totally a Stan villain. He's a he's yeah. a Stan sixties Daredevil Spider Man villain. He's a hundred percent one of those guys. You're gonna uh, you run into fucking uh, Hammerhead eventually in this run too. I know. Yeah, and like fucking <laughs> like Fist just like obliterates his head at one point. Yeah, yeah, just beats it to a <laughs> just, fucking pulse. Just fucking smashes his head after in. he's already been shot in the fucking head. <laughs> Twice, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Really, yeah, he really gets a fucking working over. I mean, that's kind of the point of the Hammerhead character. Like, you just played the game where you fucking beat the <laughs> yes, shit out of a different. Like, they, that's yeah. what he's there for. He's just like, a, yeah. until he's nothing but a head by the yeah, end of that basically. fucking game. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's I forgot just about that. body with just yeah. the fucking head with metal skull. Oh, yeah. That game was awesome. Yeah. Daredevil ends up wearing one of Punisher's shirts, which is all symbolic because, you know, now he's killed somebody. I don't think he realizes. I mean, dude's blind. So and like he can see shit, but he can't he see says, like the pattern on the on the shirt when he puts it on. When uh, <laughs> when Luke and Danny grab him finally, they're like, yeah, "Why are you wearing like, the Punisher oh. shirt?" And he's like, "Oh, I didn't. Oh yeah, I guess Oops. I am. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> yeah. realize." But yeah, he'd been yeah. wearing it for like an issue and a half at that point, and like had like pummeled the shit out of a bunch of dudes wearing yeah, it. Which is so. a, it's an interesting image. Yeah, he goes after the owl and his crew, even though he's like. He's very much battered and bruised. There's a lot of like damn near like bat god kind of like Matt should not be able to do the shit that he's doing right now. He's just a normal human. It's the force of the force of will daredevil kind of nonsense. It does kind of come up a lot. Is it God that's doing it? No. There's a lot of God. He talks about Jesus a lot. Yeah, he does. You know, it's true. I know that is the one thing about these books is like the they they lean sometimes into the Catholicism stuff very heavily. We're going to talk about that. So. Yes. Matt gets in under his head, but then the rest of the defenders show up. So Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist and they, you know, save his bacon. Uh, then the Matt, Matt and the defenders kind of moralize back and forth at each other. And Matt, like they basically say like, nah, it's okay. Like you can kill somebody sometimes. Yeah. yeah you can kill people happens. once in a while. And he's like, no, we can't do that. And, Daredevil sneaks away from them, goes home, and then this is the first time that we see Spider-Man. This is Spider-Man. totally the hissy fit Bruce would have on your side of the street as soon as somebody said, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, he would have, him or Clark, they would 100% have this big hissy fit about it. That was one of the things that I appreciated about this is because, like, we've seen Batman 
let's be honest, kill a lot of people, oh yeah, especially absolutely. in all those fucking movies that we watched and shit like yeah. that. So yeah, he yeah. never acknowledges that he's done it. So here it's nice at least to see like, you know, a hero that's fucking in, has a, having an internal struggle about the fact that yes, they killed somebody, even though they didn't technically mean to kind of thing. Yeah. Daredevil sneaks away from the defenders and he goes home. And this is the first time that we see Spidey and it's now it's Spidey's turn to try and have like a daredevil intervention. And he tries to tell Matt that he can't keep being daredevil. Well, he doesn't know that Matt's daredevil. He just, yeah. He's cause he's just been, everybody's just had their memories of Matt Murdock being daredevil wiped again. Yes. Which is it's very confusing. One of, the, again. one of the very sloppy parts of this, yeah. like messy fucking parts of this story. And it gets messier. The longer the fucking story, well, especially goes when on. they start including the Electra stuff. That's when I was like, all right, you need to just tell somebody something here. Cause this is I really mean, annoying. <laughs> by the end of these 25 issues, we've had multiple former lovers of yeah. Matt Murdock or daredevil, daredevil or both. Yeah. Yeah. Or Electra, who's had fucking relationships with both of them separately, right? <laughs> Somehow, like, her memory's screwed up. Like, could you imagine how fucking Swiss cheese her brain is? Fuck, and, yeah. Oh my god, what a mess. Like, what a complete <laughs> Yeah, they never disaster. really tell us how she remembers that Matt is Daredevil. I mean, she's anyways. been dead so many times, I don't know if her brain even works properly <laughs> anymore. Like, yeah, well, she she's getting... every three years, so, like, I don't know. Well, yeah, the, the, the hand magic is basically the Lazarus pits of Oh, it totally Marvel, is. Right? Yeah. yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. They use it for, like, I mean, I think Bullseye's been through it a couple times at this point now, too. So. Yeah. Uh, so, Spider-Man, she basically, Dar- Spidey says that, like, if You're he or any other heroes, like, see him out, you know, in costume again, that he's done. And then Matt agrees, and he tosses Spidey his mask. So, that's, like, five issues in, and already Matt's like, yes, I'm not going to be Daredevil anymore. Which is uh, about a right for a new Daredevil run. He's usually quit being Daredevil by about five issues <laughs> in to the run. Uh, I didn't realize how cyclical all this shit's been. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened a couple times. It's okay. It's a good run. It's still like worth reading. It's just because it's it's got a completely different take on all of it. Like the stuff about yeah. him actually having killed somebody and like really kind of thinking about and that's what we'll talk about is like like him thinking about like why he's Daredevil and like what the like efficacy of what he does is and all that kind of stuff or what any of them do is because God is, apparently. I mean, a lot of it, yeah, it does start to boil down to like his Jesus thing, but yeah. you know. So that's the first storyline. Next one is No Devils, Only God. This is where this the the artists start cha- changing out a bit. It's pencils by Lalit Kumar Sharma, inks by Jay Lyson, and then Jorge Fornes takes over. So now we're flashing forward to months later. Daredevil hasn't been seen at all. Matt is working as a parole officer now, not a lawyer. And one day the brother of the man that he killed becomes like his newest case file. Uh, Detective Cole North is like real frustrated because Daredevil's gone. So we can't catch him like he hasn't been appearing anymore. So we can't catch him. And he's stuck trying to chase Spider-Man around, which like yeah, so let's suck ass. Catch Spider-Man, like fuck, like if you can't catch Daredevil, you're definitely not catching fucking Spider-Man, dude. Like, good luck. Yeah, I think I could like cross the whole fucking city in like three minutes. So, like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, but the dirty cops in the department don't like him, and they like attack him on his way home. But then the Owls men come and shoot the cops that are attacking <laughs> Detective North as thanks for detective North. Like they, they think that like he kind of got rid of daredevil. So they're like helping, thanking him at the same time. There's civilians impersonating daredevil. There's a real fucking, I am Spartacus kind of thing going on. And like there's, yeah, these other civilians that are acting as vigilantes and just dressing up in like, you know, Halloween daredevil costumes and shit. I mean, you're wearing the jacket, you know? So <laughs> yeah, 
She's got a Batman coat on right now. It's, do. this is, yes, I, I don't think anybody would. I don't think anybody would mistake me for Batman in this fucking hoodie, though. <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, like, just in terms oh, yeah. of the fact, that, like, the merchant Batman. Batman yes. does that a lot also, you know what I mean? Like where it's like the people on the streets start taking up the mantle and shit like that when he vanishes or whatever. So yeah. Kingpin meets with the heads of the New York city gangs. He says, I'm giving up my criminal empire. He wants to like focus on being the mayor. He doesn't feel challenged by it anymore. And like now that daredevil's gone. So instead he's got his sights higher. He's going to like try and get like higher political office or more influence that way he wants in this case he wants to like be involved with the legalization of uh, recreational drugs and weed and stuff like that and he wants to start making money off that matt starts having a crisis of faith which i feel like again is probably happens every 10 issues or so if not more than that once per writer basically uh is usually what happens I feel like he's not worthy of God's love because he's so violent and shit. He spends. Tim, it's like you've read Daredevil before. I don't understand. (laughs) I mean, I watched the show, right? A lot of the shit show pops up in the show. Uh, So Matt's now spending his nights using his senses, like his heightened senses and hearing to like hear crimes happening in the cities, reporting them to the police. He ends up with a married love interest who is the daughter-in-law of one of the heads of one of the crime families, uh, Izzy Libris, and she invites him to dinner with their family, uh, seemingly to piss off her gang boss husband because yeah. like he was a, like Matt was a lawyer and shit. That, that scene is tense as fuck. But yeah. He well, was, Matt also was also mayor in mayor, continuity. Yeah. He was mayor for like a hot minute, like yeah. a couple years ago now. It's been a while. This is one of those like characters that feels like they've done 30 years worth of stuff in like, 10 years worth of life kind of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, by now, especially <laughs> with daredevil, he, yeah. he's had his like identity exposed and then rehidden like six times since I've been alive <laughs> and reading the book. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So it's like, it's a lot. I mean, yeah, it's a lot. You just got to take each run as they come, you know, <laughs> basically <laughs> the Libras family gets shot at during dinner by another daredevil copycat. And Matt actually saves them. He ends up playing chess now with, Oh, there's another one. Reed Richards. We hadn't said that he shows up. Yeah, reason there too. Yeah. They have a whole like fucking theological discussion about the existence of God and more crisis of faith shit. Yeah. Uh, Matt goes back to his church and talks to his like a nun there and overhears something about a missing kid. The nun is a character that will be coming back yes. to you later. So, which is also kind of messy. And apparently I should have known this whole time if I'd read the books. Well, before I, this. I, actually, when I started reading this run, I didn't go back first. So, so first I thought forgotten. it was supposed to be I thought it was supposed to be his mom again, right? Like oh, I thought it was supposed right. to be that I thought it was then I was like, wait, that's not the right name. I was like, who's that? Then I so then I went back. I've gone back so and she like, read pretty the young. Whole, well, yeah, I mean, but who the like most of these guys are really good at drawing different faces all that often. <laughs> Especially like as soon as you gotta age somebody up, some of these guys can't do it. Like yeah. Chicago can fucking nail it where he makes that yeah. like Izzy's like the oh what's her name? Izzy Libris, yeah. Yeah, she makes he makes her look like an older woman. And like he's able to do that with some of the characters, and some of these other guys not quite as good at it. Yeah. The, give him white hair, but then like a thirty-year-old face. <laughs> yeah, so like that's yeah. a problem sometimes when it comes to that kind of stuff. It's a limitation sure. of the art form, I can tell you that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so but while he's at the church, he hears overhears something about a missing kid, and he this is his sign from God that he's supposed to help. He tracks the kid down, and now he's like, you know. He's being Daredevil, but not Daredevil. So he like wraps his head in a shirt 
basically He's got the black mask basically going on for the most yeah. part at this point. Or, so. or white. Sometimes it's black. Sometimes it's white. white. Yeah, he's got a white mask at one point. Yeah. So, but yeah, he is definitely doing like yeah. the Daredevil thing again. And after this, he goes back to the bookstore, which is where this love interest Mindy Libris lives, and they kiss. And he bangs her on the desk. And Detective North's partner gets beaten up and put in the hospital by like the dirty cops who are all on, I guess, on the take from the owl. And they're using his like friends and family to try and like pressure North to leave since he's like ratting them out and shit. Uh, he ratted out even the cops that got shot while they were beating him up. He still like fucking ratted them out the first chance he got, which is fun. Yeah. <laughs> partner ends up dying in the hospital from his injuries, and the dirty cops are like, man, this is not good. This is going to be fucking pissed. And he is, but they like clear the station first. But Matt's also there because he's meeting with uh, this guy, Joe, who's the brother yeah. of the duty killed. And he saves Detective North, but he also exposes himself to phrasing to Joe Carrero. The He basically does shit in front of him that lets the dude know that he was Daredevil. Yeah. And then a couple of the Owls men also try and burn down Mindy's bookstore that is owned by the Libris family, which is a little on the nose. Yeah. The Libris family owning a bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> so now Marvel we're on man. to the... What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> now we're on to the third storyline, which is uh, Marco Giacchetto is back on the art for part of this, and then I think Jorge Fornes picks up again. Uh, Electra shows up and offers to help Daredevil. She recognizes them, even though this is where shit starts getting messy. Yeah, because she yeah. recognizes him, even though he's not in costume, but he's like wearing kind of a costume. But like, she can't tell that he's Matt Murdock because she, yeah, this whole like she doesn't remember that Matt is Daredevil, but. Apparently her brain is f- like got so fucked by whatever it was. It the purple kids, the purple, so, like, kids, the purple yeah. man's powers or something like that caused this. Uh, it's like they're all clones of the, they're not actually his children. They're clones okay. of the purple man, but I might be mistaken on that also because like that happened in a book that I, I don't think it actually happened in daredevil. I think the fallout of it happened in daredevil. Like they, he used them in daredevil, but like, I don't know if their in- intro was in daredevil. It sounds like it was a bunch of anyway. heroes that had had like, whose identity had been exposed that whatever event happened, it reset all of that. So like all of these characters who his identities had been exposed were no longer known by the public. And kind of it was like a big one more day event that happened at some point in, in the okay. recent Marvel past that I cannot remember. And I wasn't like reading actively at the time I bounced in and out of stuff mm-hmm. mostly because I don't, Anyways, I've never because of all this, consistently read anything anyway. Yeah. Because of all this like mind fuckery kind of thing, Electra apparently thinks that she's had, a relationship with Matt Murdock and then a separate relationship with Daredevil. Messy. She yeah. offers to help retrain Daredevil because she, you know, thinks that he's gone soft, that he's like lost his edge kind of thing. Detective North sets a trap for Spider-Man, which is like a fake mugging, but Spidey disarms the cops and like takes North away and like tells him that he sent Daredevil away to fucking get his head straight. Fisk kidnaps the owl and tries to send him away from New York after attacking the Libras family, but the owl gets away. A lot of getting away right here. Matt overhears some cops interrogating and like working over one of the copycat daredevils, and he sends like Foggy in, pretending he's the dude's lawyer, and then calls out the cops for like their quote unquote unofficial interrogation. Then Foggy fucks it up, and the Matt has to like come in and save him again, wearing like a not daredevil costume. Yeah, it's where he's got the white mask on again. Yeah. 
so he lures the cops up onto the the dirty cops up onto the roof, but he gets in over his head and then Electra comes back and takes out the cops for him and again says like, yeah, if you fucking need need help. And then this this time he accepts the help. Fisk has a dinner with like a bunch of they're not politicians. I guess these are all like lobby, like high level donors kind of thing. Basically rich fucks. Yeah, he's and, like well, super, like super, like point one percenters, basically, like this. The yeah. well, God, what is it? The, the Elon Musk's and the Koch brothers, and yeah, those yeah. Kind of fuck. What's what do they call? What's the? the it's because the, the twins, the two of them, is like the Stromskys or something like that. Um, I'm literally like flipping. Well, I, the figured, I figured they were going off the going off like the Koch brothers. Uh, they're like huge. Well, but the characters donors. have a name, right? Like the two, the, oh, the, the two Strom siblings. Wins. Yeah, yeah. Stromwins. That's it. Yeah, yeah. The Stromwins are kind of the two main ones, and they're like, yeah, they're basically like old money, like. Yeah. billionaires that are just multi-billionaire kind they're of thing. so yeah. far above fucking giving a shit about day-to-day life of regular people they don't even care about the mayor basically right like the kingpin's a joke to them and stuff like that and mm. oh, i like that that's one of my favorite scenes in the thing where he's, he gets brought into the dinner and they basically make fun of him yeah, like they yeah. Mock so him they're, they're clearly like looking down on him because you know that he's got this Criminal, criminal history past, that is yeah. implied but never proven or whatever so fisk does what fisk does and he just beats one of them to death with his bare fucking hands in the bathroom and then his assistant wesley comes and helps him cover it up and make it makes it look like a suicide attempt and that, that just dude just like no they disappear that guy and then they they kill the janitor they and do, make it look like a suicide do, to cover it up yeah. Right. They, they, no, they, they say they say that the dude ran out and got into his car and drove away. Yeah, that's what I mean. They cover up. Yeah, but they cover up the bloodiness of the fuck, like how nasty the bathroom yeah, yeah, was yeah. by killing the janitor and saying yeah. it was a suicide or something disgusting like that. Like yeah. they kill this other poor guy for just so they cover up also real Wilson Fisk's rage. Yeah, it's also a giant mess. Yeah. So. In the meantime, the owl has declared himself the new kingpin of New York. He attacks Izzy Libris's bodyguards, and like in the middle of the library, like tons of witnesses. Uh, Detective North gets put on administrative leave. Matt approaches him again, like has a mask, uh, and then they go into a diner. Super cliche fucking scene there. Yeah. Uh, North reveals that the reason that he moved to New York from Chicago was that he had shot a 16 year old kid who like was reaching for his phone thinking it was a gun. Luckily the kid survived. Matt asked him to like help uncover and eliminate the rot in the police force. She's like kind of going back and I mean, now North is having this like crisis of conscience too kind of thing. He's like, I've seen that this guy can do some good and everything. also see how corrupt the fucking cops in New York are like, just like yeah. so <laughs> scummy. <laughs> this is where Hammerhead comes in and Izzy Libris makes an alliance with Hammerhead who this version of Hammerhead looks like he's, basically straight out of a fucking Dick Tracy cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Suit and everything and, and massive oversized fucking head. Uh, Matt finds out that there's been an order from the governor that cops are supposed to like stay completely stay out of hell's kitchen. It's like no man's land for them. And then he and Electra go and confront the governor about it. Fisk goes, meets again with the Stromwin siblings and then they like heavily imply that they know that he killed the dude and they make a move to like mess with his plans on capitalizing on the legalization of weed. Basically they buy their like, well, they start pro they have, they have people fuck with his land holdings that where he was going to yes, be growing make weed, it, make it harder also, for him to, yeah. They also sick some like hydra goons or something like that on him and like yes. eat the shit out of him. Some so. like armored goons with exoskeletons that like yeah. eat the shit out of, 
Fisk, although he he does put up a fight, and then they throw him out of a, a window. Not like like seven or eight stories up kind of thing. Yeah, yeah he goes like <laughs> quite the tumble. Yeah. Then uh, Matt and Electra are figure out from the governor that it was the Stromwinds that told put down the order for the cops to stay out of Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. But he doesn't know why just yet. They escape. They basically like flat out tell him like like pretty quickly. Yeah. They do, uh, yeah, they do shortly after, but not before Matt and uh Electra oh, fuck. Bone. Yeah, they yeah, totally on, bone. A, on the hood of a car that they steal from the Stromwinds. They're consistent as a couple. I'll give them that much. <laughs> Foggy is now representing the brother of the dude that Daredevil killed because he got like cop breaching parole. But yeah. this is the dude that saw Matt doing Daredevil shit, and Matt tells Foggy like that the dude should use that information to like barter with the prosecutors because like, Matt has this fucking martyr syndrome. Yeah, and that that it doesn't actually end up really going anywhere in the end because they don't do that. Uh, it, it it pays off a little bit uh, later on. Uh, okay. in the run because you still even at uh, issue 25 you're still there's still 11 issues before devil's reign of stuff mm-hmm. kind of to go right so yeah matt goes and visits fisk in the hospital and then to try and figure out if it was fisk that had anything to do about this order to keep cops yeah. at hell's kitchen fisk laughs in his fucking face hammerhead turns on izzy libris because of course he does like yeah fucking mobster like big surprise Detective North marches into his boss's office like fucking cojones of steel and tells her that he's done going after heroes and that he's going to take down the aisle and then he's going to transfer to internal affairs. And she's like, like, uh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Makes sense. He seems to have a very high, like talent level for pissing off his fellow police officers. So he may as well go be an IA guy. So, so this is where Matt and Elector break into the Stromwind's company and then they, steal a bunch of they steal like three billion dollars from them and like Electra keeps a billion dollars of it and then like the other two billion just goes to charities basically it ends up like in the pockets of the people of hell's kitchen yeah but matt doesn't know that Electra was like like she was trying to keep some of the money for herself kind of thing oh and that there's like these ninjas called the drifting at that the Stromwinds have hired a security. That one doesn't hasn't paid off yet for me either, but maybe it will later. Well, they, she she mentions that they're just like whatever you want to call it, dishonored hand. Some of them kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So and like she's the reason she's back is because she she's saying the hand are gaining strength again. I'm, I'm assuming that's going to pay off in her solo series that just started because that hasn't okay. really started to pay off in the, in like this run yet. So yeah. Really, just hitting all the daredevil tropes, man. Like, also, like going, like we're we're doing the crime and the kingpin stuff, and then like, oh yeah, we're also gonna have the electric side story where they go fight ninjas again. Like, just doing yeah. all of it, all, all, while he's yeah. while he's here, he's like, fuck it, I'm having all the fun, and then I'm getting out, basically. <laughs> so, Darsky's doing that electric book too. I, yeah, he's writing that. He wrote the first issue, so okay, yeah. Uh, so Izzy Libris gets some money. <laughs> I don't think Matt really, you know looked real closely at where all that money was going. Cause some of it goes to like mobsters, like Izzy yeah. Libris, like their bookstore gets some fucking money and Izzy Libris uses it to pay off hammerheads goons who like shoot yeah. him in the fucking head. But yeah, he's not dead. He's got fucking metal plates in his head. Then Matt goes to the mother of the duty killed, finds out that she knows that he's daredevil too. And then she forgives him. It's like she can see that he's got remorse. The owl sends his men after 
Izzy Libris's family and they kidnap the Mindy's daughter. Yeah. Or son and or whatever it is. Yeah. They, uh, yeah it's it's a daughter, is. right? Yeah. Matt and Fisk and the Stromwinds all attend a big charity masquerade ball and Matt confronts the Stromwinds. He's wearing a mask so they don't know who he is uh, about their like order for the police not to patrol Hell's Kitchen. And they basically say straight up like, oh, yeah, we did that because we're trying to like drive down the property values in Hell's Kitchen because we're going to buy it and like turn it into condos, basically, like they want to gentrify Hell's Kitchen and it'll be easier for them to do if it's not worth anything. So the but during. While they're telling Matt this, the whole fucking party empties out and then the Stromwind security like attacks Matt, but like he doesn't stick around. He's got the information he came for. And this is where we find out that the Stromwinds have bullseye on retainer and which will and a couple other people too, actually. And we'll also find some it. other people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also some other people who I definitely did not recognize. Really? <laughs> Rhino? Come on, man. Rhino. I recognize. Yes. <laughs> I, know, I just want to like, I want to shout out one more time like Jorge Fornet uh, the, the issues he did on this I forgot how strong these were actually these are really, yeah. he's really good yeah, his, uh, yeah. besides the compliments to Shadow Chichetto stuff yeah. uh, quite nicely actually he's got that like I said like he had that Michael Lark like true crime mm-hmm. very kind of like style yeah. that works perfectly for Daredevil so I think Michael that's Lark's why his, on Daredevil art, his art on that uh, that Rorschach title was good yeah. it was just the fucking story was trash well you know Crossbones Crossbones was in the Marvel movies he was yeah <laughs> I just don't know like that character well enough. Like the, the crossbones of the Marvel movies didn't really have like that same character design. Mm-hmm. So no, like, come on. Everybody knows and laughs at stilt, man. No, no, I didn't know. Fucking stilt didn't man know stilt man? Oh, come on. Stilt man. <laughs> yeah, that's like old school, like uh sixties, like swashbuckly daredevil horse shit kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the detective North, like, you know, gives an emotional appeal to the cops because like, oh, I know we're not supposed to stay in Hell's, be in Hell's Kitchen, but it's a kid and fucking have some balls and like, they all are like, okay, fine. We'll go do it. And uh, Matt meets up with them and then they drive around the city with Matt like listening for Belle and then figures out she's being like driven around the city in a van and uh, catches up with them in Harlem and they rescue Belle. Then Tommy Libris, who is Mindy's husband and Belle's dad goes looking for the owl, but gets taken out by some of his men. And then they take him to the owl and the owl just fucking shoots him in the head. He's dead. Next storyline is, Oh geez. Inferno. Now we're back to Zdarsky and Chiquetto. The Stromwinds are pissed off that there are cops in hell's kitchen. And so this is where they release like their team of powered villains onto New York to like purge the neighborhood and, also punish Fisk. So that's got Bullseye and Rhino and the yeah, the also crossbones and stilt man <laughs> and bullet. <laughs> yeah, bullet there too. That's right. And I the super villain that guy's name is Bullet. He is such like a fucking Zed lister. It's crazy. Yeah. But come on, man. Stilt man. He sucks. No. It's awesome. <laughs> I agree. And they start tearing up Hell's Kitchen. And the Stromwinds have also like fucked with emergency services and people's cell phone services and stuff. So like that no calls can get out. So basically like nobody outside Hell's Kitchen knows that this is happening. The people start fighting back and they have like, again, this whole like Spartacus, like, you know, everybody comes out in their daredevil masks and stuff and starts beating everybody. But there's, they still get their asses handed to them. It's not like that's, oh, and everything was okay. The main Daredevil copycat, the one who was getting like beat up by the cops earlier, he gets stabbed by Bullseye and like dies in Matt's arms. 
and this is where we find out, yeah, that this and more pretty convoluted shit that that nun that Matt has been confiding in for a while is actually Typhoid Mary, who had like had her personality suppressed by I don't know psychiatrists or some well, shit she's, doctors. She's a wow. Well, see, like, in the comics, she's a mutant and like has weird psionic Infis- powers. Infisk's sister is that it? No, soon to be wife. I'm pretty sure. Uh, in okay. this run, they're get, they're yeah no they're they're getting ready to get married in this run coming up. Like as you okay. as we go forward into Devil's Reign, they're getting they're getting their marriage shit on in the most recent issues. So spoilers. But they clearly have a history together, right? Like they all have. This is, they, they, these are all they grew up characters or something too. like that. They or, all have histories know. together. Yeah. Uh, no, she worked. She's worked for him frequently in the past. Like she's oh, okay. a she's a hired gun. Uh, it, it made it feel like, like a familial relationship to me. Like, like Fisk felt like he had some obligation to take care of Typhoid Mary or something. That was the impression I got that made me feel like, like it was. She's like so familial. gravely mentally ill that like he feels responsible for her for some reason. Okay. I have to look it up. It's been a while since I read like her origin. When did she first show up? She's like, she's pretty like recent, like 88 or something like that. Yeah. 88 um, was her first appearance. So. It's yeah, been a relatively while. recent, 35 years ago. Well, you know, compared to like <laughs> most of these characters are from the 60s and like whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, but she also wasn't used the way like she's used now, like the whole time. Like she's become way more prominent. Like she became really prominent in Bendis' run in the early 2000s. Okay. Um, he started using her like very seriously as this character version of the character. So, mm. anyway. Yeah, so because she she wakes up as Typhoid Mary because Rhino is like threatening the church, and so Mary yeah. and Matt are like kind of fighting back to back a little bit. The owl shows up, and Fisk fucking shows up, and because like he wants to defend his property because he feels ownership over the city because he's the mayor. The owl's men get cold feet because like a bunch of them live there and shit. They're like, yeah, we're not gonna burn down our own neighborhood, you fucking idiot. And yeah. then. So he ends up like the owl ends up getting taken into custody. Foggy brings Matt his, I don't know what his weapons are, his sticks, his Billy, fancy sticks, clubs, and the clubs that can go together and make a long, make a staff and shit. And yep. Matt club, like really focuses it. and hits his stride and he takes them all down and deflects a bunch of bullseyes, bullets and big old, big old face off. And then after the fight, when Matt and Fisk have kind of beat everybody down, the news cameras arrive and then Matt says on camera that he's turning himself over to the authorities for the murder or the, the dude that he killed. All right. Truth or dare is the next storyline. It starts with Zdarsky and Chiquetto and then it's a couple other like fill in artists. And yeah, it goes back. This is the one storyline that goes back and forth a lot between artists. Yeah. Izzy Libris reveals that she has put a recorder in her son's jacket, which recorded the owl killing him. So she has evidence and she gets him arrested. Also, she basically let her son die, uh, which is fucking cold. Yeah. Matt does his whole like guilty conscience dance and has detective North bring him in. Foggy intervenes and convinces Matt not to let him get self get taken in yet unless they'll let him come in without revealing his identity because like it'll put the people that he loves at risk so he goes back to his apartment and spidey's back there again and being like dude i told you not to do this fucking shit and matt is like done with spider-man moralizing at him he's like fuck you i'm gonna do what i want i'm putting my costume back on and tells spider-man to stop being all like holier than thou and shit 
Daredevil meets with the DA who like demands, even though he like he's agreeing to let Daredevil be tried without revealing his identity, he demands to know like he wants to know who Daredevil is. And Matt reveals his identity and the DA is not happy because Matt used to fucking work for this guy. Yeah. But yeah. Still goes, the ever loving shit out of him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it does. But he still decides to let Daredevil get trialed without revealing his identity. Uh, Daredevil gets out on bail, goes fucking straight back to being a vigilante. Just yeah. not the best idea at no, all. He's not uh, smart about that in this. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. But Matt, like, just sitting at home waiting for his court date doesn't really make for great comics. So, no, that's <laughs> I guess a, that they gotta have problem. some action in there. I mean, he goes and talks to Tony about buying the fucking. Yes, this is when this is when Iron Man shows up, uh, just as he's finishing up with some crooks, and they go back to his workshop because Matt had called Tony saying, like, kind of he wanted help, and he proposes to Tony that Tony should put in a counter offer for Hell's Kitchen instead of the Stromwinds who are now trying to buy it, and. Which I don't. I don't think you can just buy a whole neighborhood all at once. Can I just say that? I don't think that's a thing that happens. How, uh, I don't know how any of this is supposed to work, but <laughs> I mean, you know, who knows like, anymore, man? It's so weird. Yeah. So he wants them. He wants Tony to like buy the neighborhood and like spend more, basically like outbid the Stromwinds, even though he would end up losing money on it, and, and then like just like, it, give like the giving property, it back. Yeah. yeah, to to its residents. Eventually, Tony agrees to that, but he's outbid in the end, and which we'll eventually find out was Electra that outbid him. Yeah, Fisk goes to visit Typhoid Mary, who's still in the church. She's got the priest on a leash. But no kink shaming. I'm fine. I'm cool yeah. with it. <laughs> kink is obviously into it because he basically takes her in at that point. <laughs> yeah, she says that like she feels more herself than she's ever been, and I don't know. I guess being in the church has been. And pre- pretending she's a nun has been good for. Her. I mean, everybody, you just said no kink shaming. So, <laughs> and then this is where things get like super, like next level soap opery because Matt finds out that Foggy has invited his ex girlfriend, who's also a lawyer, yeah. Kirsten McDuffie, to help with his defense. And they make it a full splash page reveal of just like a normal woman walking in. I'm like I'm like I I don't fucking care less about this. Like what the hell? <laughs> it's, this is it's not worth a splash page in my mind. Uh, it's it's a big reveal if you're like a long time Daredevil reader. Like she's from yeah. one of the last she's from the last run or from one of the last runs. So her coming back's like kind of supposed to be a big deal, but okay. it doesn't really. It, obviously, it doesn't work if you're not yeah. if you're not fucking reading Daredevil like all year every year fucking since yes. 2000 like I am. So it's it's fair. This is another fucking messy one because she's another one of those people that like doesn't remember that Matt's Daredevil. Yes. And so she thinks she's just defending Daredevil, not knowing that Daredevil is Matt. Is and her immediately wondering why like, like Matt's not involved in this because exactly. she knows that Matt and Daredevil know each other. So like yeah. this is where Foggy, like this is where the annual kind of comes into play and Foggy yeah, didn't recruits mean. Mike Murdoch, which is always like that's what it's, it's always Matt's when, evil twin brother. <laughs> evil just douchebaggy twin brother yeah his fuck up twin brother <laughs> and this is always where like this is always the fucking fine line for me where a daredevil run can fucking jump the shark or like transcend and become something special this is kind of where this this run starts to work really well at this point too uh for some reason and i was shocked that that was it happened and they reintroduced mike and i was like oh usually this is where everything goes to shit and it didn't so yeah 
<laughs> well, this is right before I, I finished up reading. So well, that's the uh, thing, right? Like we're, this is where we're about to stop. You're you're getting into all this craziness as we're about to get into the next kind of act of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If we stopped at twenty, which we probably should have, we should have just stopped at twenty after the <laughs> battle in Hell's Kitchen, and then be like, we'll come back after Devil's Reign and finish this up because this is Hindsight, very introductory yeah. to the next <laughs> run, like the next big yeah. chunk of the run kind of thing, leading up to Devil's Reign. So. But yeah, they go to but they yes. go to jail. I mean, they go to court. Yeah, well, shit. first Electra shows back up and yes. she tells Matt that the hand is returned and like what she's been using that money for or was planning to use that money for was like a countermeasure to fight back against the hand. Mm-hmm. And Kingpin calls the heads of the families back together again and says like including Hammerhead, but yeah, not dead cuz Metal Skull and says he's like not going to be the kingpin, but like he obviously can't just leave them to their own devices. So he's not going to be totally uninvolved with them. But he, yeah, this is where Hammerhead is starts like pushing back against Fisk, and Fisk mashes his head into the table about five times until his face is just a total bloody pulp. Yeah, and then tells them all that Izzy Libris is going to be the new kingpin of New York City, which he accepts. Yep. So. Matt shows up then with Spider-Man because Electra tipped him off to this meeting and says, basically, even if I go to prison, this motherfucker is going to be watching you guys. And yeah. Spider's like tries to be all menacing and shit. Well, I mean, he just he did pull open a safe with his bare hands, yes. which is he did tear open a safe door with his bare hands. Compared to Daredevil, Spider-Man is like your worst fucking nightmare when it comes it's to true. that kind of you know, he'd be like, he could just appear out of nowhere. He can yeah. pull open safes and shit. Can fling a car across the fucking bay if he needs to. Compared to Daredevil, who's just like angry and will punch you in the face a lot. That's and blind. not <laughs> and also blind. That's not who you want chasing after you. you know I mean? yeah. Better to stay under the spider's notice, probably. Yeah. And then Spidey and Daredevil have a little tender moment where Spidey oh, out. confesses that he killed somebody by accident one time too. Yeah. Uh, then it's Matt's court date. The courtroom is full of like heroes in civilian clothes. Steve Rogers is there. Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Electra's in the back. And I think they kind of show, well, it could be Reed Richards. They show a dude with great temples and that's just always shorthand for Reed Richards, right? Either him or Stephen Strange, but you don't see a Van Dyke. So it's probably Reed. <laughs> yeah. the, like, Matt and Reed are friends, right? Like, obviously we just saw them playing chess together. Like they're, yeah. they've been buds in the comics for a long time. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably Reed there. And, and uh, that, that's why he's downplaying it, right? Like, is he not? They have him like with glasses on or something like that. I don't. I don't know. Anyways, Fisk anyway. also strolls in with Mary as his bodyguard, and Elector whispers to Matt that she she was the one that bought Hell's Kitchen so that it would be safe, uh, and so that he can go ahead and sacrifice, like do his little sacrifice game and and plead out to a lower charge. With like he was gonna go ahead and fight it, but now he knows that like Hell's Kitchen is gonna be okay or whatever and so yeah so he pleads out to a lower charge that has a two-year sentence associated with it and the very last i won't say storyline the very last issue is part one of red the red fist and it's issue number 25 and now matt is in prison and they've made him an orange fucking daredevil mask which was nice of the fucking jail i guess (laughs) this made me laugh yeah Electra breaks in to talk to him and reveals Here's where like she reveals that she knows his identity, but we're not sure why she knows like she has remembered. I always read it as like hand mysticism has fucked her brain up, basically. Yeah, like, I don't know. 
So I don't know. Or he fucked the knowledge back into her or something. <laughs> it's entirely possible. I mean, Matt Murdock's fertility <laughs> virility is uh, of particular note in the oh, comics yeah, generally. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of ladies. Man, he yeah. fucking gets it in the comics. You know what I mean? Like he's popular on the TV show and it's stuff. It's a 25 like, issue run and he's got three different fucking love interests. Oh yeah. We'll have four by the time. This is, I think uh, I was going to say Scarlet shows. Up. I think Natasha shows up in, in the next oh, couple yeah. issues too. So, yeah, because that's the he's a, she's an ex she's an ex in the six one six too. She's one of Matt's like go to oh, yeah. hookups is Natasha. Jeez. So yeah, oh yeah, he's Matt Murdoch. Everybody's had a turn fucking, on Matt Murdoch's Matt Murdoch is uh, Billy well Clubs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The uh, <laughs> Billy Club ride is uh, a popular fucking ride apparently. So <laughs> so Electra tells Matt that she and Stick found like this ancient book that spells out how to defeat the hand, and it's to counter it with the fist. And she asks him to lead the fist with her like it needs a king and a queen in order to work. But Matt rejects her offer and stays in prison. So like she figures she needs to prove to Matt that she like really does want to do good. And so she becomes the new daredevil of Hell's Kitchen. And that's kind of where we leave off. Yeah. So uh, that's the first 25 issues of the Zdarsky run. We're leaving off in an awkward spot. It's interesting <laughs> that we're leaving off in this like. Well, it's also like kind of spot. appropriate, yeah, because it's like a nice cliffhanger yeah. though, because like that was probably one of the that's probably the biggest like reveal of the run so far is like Daredevil or like Electra stepping into the like cowl and becoming yeah, I like Daredevil that costume too. Like, that costume is like Batwoman levels of fucking good, so yeah, uh, I'm quite happy with that costume, yeah, for sure. So yeah, welcome to the fucking deep end of New York <laughs> street level six one six, Tim. This is my. Welcome to my fucking domain. You know what I mean? These are my people, my characters. Um, what did you think, buddy? Did you have some fun getting into the daredevil of it all? Like getting like just thrown into the fucking deep, deep end? Of this shit? <laughs> it was, there was definitely times where I felt like I'm definitely in over my head. But when, you know, when it was more just general, you know, playing on interesting thematic material and stuff like that and morality plays and that kind of thing. I was enjoying it. And I mean, the action's good. I like daredevil in general as a character. I have one or two issues like with his kind of character overall that makes him not, not, not my favorite, but well, the uh, stuff is always a problem yeah. for dudes like us. Yeah. I yeah, mean, like we were absolutely. raised with it. That's the only reason I kind of cling to it is because like I was, we were, I was raised with it. Like I kind of understand where it comes from, where he comes from with it, but they lean on it real heavily sometimes in the runs like Sadarsky's yeah, building on it. Exactly. So there's, there's sometimes where it plays. Okay. Like I didn't hate it in the way that they played it in the MCU series. Yeah. It was never like, he was never, you know, really like, Oh my God, I need to wait for God to give me a sign or whatever. It was much more just like, yeah, you know, this is my religion. This is my faith. Like I just, I, I feel like I need to do good. Yeah. Not like yeah, this is God a weird take is, on it. Like, this is almost like John Paul Valley kind of yeah. like fucking levels Blood of Knight Jesus obsession kind of points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh yeah, Zdarsky's take on it's a little bit more like Blood Knighty than I think it has been before. Yeah. Like the last really run, sure the never. last big run that I remember that like what everybody was talking about was the Mark Wade run from like two thousand and nine. And that like didn't really touch on his church. I mean, I guess yeah, he's you're always gonna have Daredevil fucking around church stuff because it's mm. just like part of the imagery at this point. Uh, he dresses up in a daredevil in a devil costume, so yeah. eventually, like the, the Jesus stuff has to come into it eventually, right? But yeah. Uh, yeah, this is like he's leaning into it a little bit more heavily than they have in the past. I don't like hate it, but it is an issue that like some people have with Daredevil. So yeah. one thing I can say is like you know the most exposure I've had to Daredevil up till this point was the MCU series, so it was interesting 
Like there were parts of it where I felt like, yeah, there was definitely influence going back into the comics from the show. Like even just in the visuals, like Matt's like not daredevil costume where he's like all in the black with the head wrap and the wrapped hands and everything that felt like very uh, daredevil TV show, especially that first season. But then there was also stuff like, I could totally hear the writing for Fisk in Vincent D'Onofrio's voice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, which is a testing. It's a testament to the writing in both media and yeah. to D'Onofrio's performance. One hundred percent. So. Yeah. I think that's what kind of keys me to like this be- being like a, a, a low key, like season four of that show too. Like you could mm-hmm. use this as like the loose outline for it is because like that Kingpin reads like D'Onofrio's Kingpin. Obviously Zdarsky is like very influenced by the show and stuff. Cause even this Matt is very like, he he reads like the Charlie Cox Daredevil, which is just because the character, like they did a good job of bringing the character across to the TV show, like from the comics, mm-hmm. like he's pretty accurate. So it also reads a lot to me as very Batman-y. Like this is, you know, all he's all serious. Oh, yeah. He never really jokes or anything. It's like all about his fucking, you know, holy war on crime, striking fear into the hearts of criminals, all that kind yeah. of stuff. But in this case, like, just if Batman was a Jesus freak. <laughs> yeah. And he also, he, he even does do a little bit of detective work as well. Right. Like there's a couple yeah. times that he goes in and like is using his senses to try and get clues at crime scenes and that kind of thing too. So that also felt very, very Batman. Yeah. But too, I mean, there's a reason why I always joke about like, eventually the guy who writes Daredevil ends up on Batman. It's because like the characters have a lot of inter like interchangeable aspects to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like even, like even some of the rogues gallery are like, you could kind of like, back and forth them kind of thing oh, yeah pretty easily right <laughs> Ra- so Rachel like, ghoul and uh the owl kind of have the same character design also the owl kind of looks like a cancer patient version of wolverine in this i'm pretty does. sure they i'm pretty sure they go to the same barber at the very least i mean a lot of people go to the bar that barber in the mcu uh <laughs> for some reason those wings are very popular in the six months gi- and those giant fucking and the chops, chops. The yeah. chops especially yeah i like that <laughs> it's awesome so what else do we want to talk about what do you think about that supporting cast they've kind of given them here? Like with yeah, uh, introducing said, Cole North and stuff like that. For sure. Th- that was, that was totally one of the things that really helped me to get invested in the story is yeah. The, the supporting cast, I always appreciate it's something that just makes the world feel better developed and lived in when you've got those well-written backup characters. Yeah. And so yeah, like Cole North and coming back. Yeah, and and the Libras family and stuff like that, yeah. and Wilson Fisk is you know he's you don't want to be fucking rooting for him, but there are times well, that they, they, they almost totally, be rooting for him and shit. Like they've very much like, and I think we talked about it earlier, but like they've very much made him the secondary antagonist of this book. Like he's yeah. always in this book, and it's always him and Daredevil fucking butting heads. But like he's always there with his own plan, and like he's always the B plot of almost every mm-hmm. issue of Daredevil is Kingpin. Like he's become that character. And I think the show will help like kind of really solidify that. But like, he's kind of been that character for a long time where he's been like the constant foil to Daredevil. Like it's, Oh, he's oh the Kingpin's always there kind of thing. Yeah. So, and then the, the guest appearances by the other heroes as well. I'm always a fan of that. Cause it's one of those things that makes the world feel more like, you know, an inter- interconnected universe. I'm just, it's also, appeals to the continuity nerd in me as well yeah that's that's one of my favorite parts of like this this run and like especially like when they do the ground level like new york stuff is like you get that random bounce in of these characters because they're just in town together you know what i mean like it's oh shit an explosion went happened in hell's kitchen 
well, yeah, yeah. Spider-Man is going to fucking show up because he heard an explosion in Hell's Kitchen. He was six blocks over that way and he yeah. can move real fast. So he gets there, right? So like, it makes yeah. sense when these characters just kind of like pop up and interchange together. They've all been through all kinds of shit together at this point. Like there's a yeah. reason why Matt Murdock and Reed Richards can be sitting in Central Park playing chess and it, like, it doesn't seem odd because they like the, the Murdoch, Murdoch Nelson have represented the Fantastic Four in court before. Yeah. Like, you know, like all that shit's happened. Like that's what all kind of feeds into it. I love that. Like that's my favorite parts about Marvel is like getting all these yeah. characters. Just not even just like we have to make a fucking fuss about them showing up either. It's not like they're on the cover. It's just like it's happenstance that these characters exist in the world together and interact constantly. So yeah, and I agree. I agree. It's one of the edges that Marvel has over DC is the fact that they're all in like so many of the key characters are in the same city kind of thing. So it makes sense for them to interact a lot more often and you know, that they interact with each other, show concern for each other, help each other, that kind of thing. Whereas like she see like there's always that it's like, there's always the, and then there's even like the guys who are on the Avengers and the street level guys kind of butting heads. And you see that in this run a little bit, like you'll get more of it as we get into devil's reign and stuff. But like, whereas DC, the different like families of characters are all kind of like siloed off. Like you've got the Superman family in in Metropolis, you've got the Batman family in Gotham, and then you've got like even flash, like they all have their own like fictional cities. There's a couple that they've started putting now that are in like actual real life cities or that are in the same cities as some of the other characters, but there's still a lot of, division between them so you don't get them kind of just popping up you know yeah oh, i was just around the corner i thought i'd drop in and see how you're doing kind of thing yeah I, that's like that's why i like i, I really enjoy marvel i mean that's one, that of, the one of the most fun I, parts that was one of the most fun parts is the spider-man video game too right it was just yeah going around and seeing like the uh, oh, like sanctorum and avengers and tower and, avengers tower yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's that i mean that's like the uh that's one of like 616 new york is that's kind of the big appeal to it is like you can be walking down the street see spider-man swing above you and then bump into fucking daredevil and then see she hulk walking across the street like three blocks up it's like that just the way the world works so mm-hmm. and like they play it up in this run like crazy like i love that aspect of this run where like every kind of <laughs> they don't do it willy-nilly like there's reasons for the characters to show up like it makes sense it's not just like um mm-hmm. it's not just fan servicey kind of stuff it's like there's a reason why like luke and danny show up at that point and then like he has to have that conversation with peter or like he goes and plays chess with reed and has that conversation like it makes sense thematically that these mm. interacting with those characters at that point so yeah again, it never feels tacked on so that always works out yeah what about the story itself though like the him himself kind of coming to terms with like yeah. maybe what he's doing as daredevil not being exactly what he should be doing with his fucking skills and all that kind of stuff and like dealing with the fact that he's maybe been doing it too long and has killed a man and all that kind of stuff yeah, I, I was I was good with that overall. Like the I, I appreciated like the whole moral quandary. I liked you know, there's a lot of themes that happen both in Matt's sort of internal struggle and and also Detective North's kind of internal struggle. Like there's all the whether something is morally right or wrong, even if it's technically illegal and yeah. you know, the corrupt cops and shit like that and you know, cops have the the one thing I liked that they really hit on was that like police have different rules than everybody else, right? Like a police officer can get away with killing somebody as yeah. long as they justify it, you know, even or even say that they thought that they were in danger or whatever, right? Yeah. That was nice. And then and then the whole idea of a superhero identity getting tried in court is usually pretty interesting and like the legal implications of all of that. I, I've I don't think I've read a story that involved that kind of plot line that 
didn't treat it, you know, differently or, or uniquely or had some interesting spin on it kind of thing. Yeah. They've been no- very good about using this kind of story in Marvel lately. Like, and it's building to something, obviously like the, the side story of Fisk slowly, but surely becoming irritated with the, the capes in mm-hmm. New York and like taking steps to make it illegal for them to operate as vigilantes and stuff like that becomes more prevalent as like we get go move towards devil's reign and i just i like that like aspect to it where like it's become like a civil matter with these Mm -hmm. like people running around the city with superpowers and shit like that and fisk is like the right character always feels like the right character to do this with like make him the mayor and have him fuck with everybody because he's kind of everybody's villain like you can see him like yes he's like obviously like daredevil's fucking primary antagonist but he's also a long time I was gonna say, well, yeah, he's he's, he's heads with Spidey plenty of times over the well, years yeah, too. I mean, like he was introduced in Spider Man. I'm pretty sure, like originally, he came from Spider Man first, but like he's become that like New York resident, like heavy that you can just kind of use for everybody now. Like he's had run-ins mm-hmm. with the X Men at this point. Like everybody's running because yeah. he's the kingpin of crime in New York, and well, all he's these one characters of those exist in New York. Yeah, that's yeah. always got, you know, 18 different plots on the go at any given time. And, you know, you can, if you want a big bad that you can say like, oh, these people were working under the orders of so-and-so, then yeah. Fisk is an easy, easy point to. That's why you have guys like Fisk and Doom set up in your universe. You can always just kind of like, oh, we need a bigger bad than who we set up because it didn't quite work out. But just bring yeah. Doom, Fisk, you know, Thanos yeah. in kind of thing and make Dang, them the whatever. bigger yeah whoever make them the bigger bad yeah. yeah they do it on i mean they do it on both sides of the street right like you always end up oh, yeah. oh shit this didn't work out we got to bring lex luther back and fucking make him the bigger yeah. bigger it bad. was, was rachel ghoul he did it yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly right yeah so <laughs> yeah anyway so yeah no I, i've been like that's like kind of what was like that's what's been drawing me through the story obviously is like the interactions with kingpin and like the legality of the hero stuff matt's mm-hmm. especially like as they introduce the libris family and him getting involved with mindy or whatever which is like, whenever they get Matt involved with Married Win, I'm always like, all right, this is where he starts <laughs> kind of pushing my moral fucking boundaries here yeah. a little bit. <laughs> well, it's okay. Cause she was in troubled marriage. Uh... Yeah. And now he's dead. So, like, does it count anymore? <laughs> I guess it's okay. Cause he's, his brains are all over fucking Owsley's fucking carpet Green, somewhere. Greenhouse or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Either way, uh, I don't like, we don't want to be sitting here for a million years. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? I have a few guys, but before I get get to those, I want to shout out the art again. Marco Chichetto's oh, art man, is yeah. great. It's dynamic. It's a little rough around the edges, which works very well with this character in this environment. And those covers, the the ones that uh, Julian Totino Tedesco did, they yeah. were really striking as well. And they the early, those early ones almost felt like uh, like lithographs, right? Like with l- really limited color palettes, like two or three colors. At some point, we'll go back and do some like Bendis stuff, and you'll see like the Alex Maleev painted covers that like kind of have oh, become Alexis like Malieve, Daredevil. He's 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 on the DC side now. Yeah, his shit. Yeah, no, he's I know he's jumped ship, but like he when I first uh, found him was him was him doing Daredevil actually. Mm-hmm. Like that was his first big book that I caught of his was uh, him and Bendis. He was the guy the yes. artist on the Bendis run. So we'll, have, oh, we'll nice. go back and do that run at some point, like in the future or whatever, because it's that's a fucking seminal run. It runs amazing. <laughs> Um, and then let's see, I, th- I also thought that it was paced really well. There was never a time yeah. where I was like, this is moving too slowly or anything, or it's, it's really drawn out or anything like that. And that's always something that really frustrates me in a comic book run is where I'm just like, Oh fuck. It's been like three issues. Let's 
get to the fucking point kind of thing. That's been the one thing about this run is that it's been like a fucking like runaway train since it got really yeah, fired going. Nice and brisk it's been like nice and like good pace and like every tr- like I've been trade waiting it basically. So like every five issues I grab those five issues and read like the chunk of story kind of thing. And like man, I love grabbing that those five issues like to the point where i'm reading the individual issues and then going back and rereading the trades and shit as they come out like i'm having such a good time with this run so far yeah that my yeah i'm sure your biggest gripe is going to be the fucking art changes and that's really what that's one of them (laughs) hampers it for me is the uh the insane amount of like fill-ins and stuff that are probably like inconsistently skilled like i think if they were just bouncing between chiquetto and jorge Though, right. Yeah, that was the biggest switch back and forth. Yeah. Like for Fornes did more fill-ins on it than anybody else did. But yeah. when they got those other guys that just did like one or two one. issues or something like that, those were they were trying. all pretty fucking weak. Like especially the issue seven and eight, which is at which point you're still kind of just getting ramped up into everything. Yeah. To have it change just for those two issues was really jarring. But luckily they got uh, Jaquetto back after that. But yeah. yeah, there were like some cases there where something was just looking like really fucking goofy. There were some of Kingpin's like facial expressions or it's just like, oh, no, like, yeah, that was not good. There was also some some certain characters that ended up having like three or four different character designs, like Mindy in particular, sure. Fucking like character model was all over the place. Sometimes she was like fucking smoking hot bod. Sometimes she was kind of like, you know, like older mom, which is fine. But like, you know, it's just was really inconsistent. I was finding. Yeah. I I remember when they, cause they introduced her in one of the off runs, right? It's not one of, it's not Chiquetto who first brings her in. And Mm -hmm. so like, she's drawn it. Like she's kind of thick in that first one. And like, they don't, her up too much and then like the next time you see her it's a different artist and she looks super just like plain hourglass figure super plain jane and then the next time you see her at chiquetto chiquetto's drawn her is like the smoke in a smoke show that ever show (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. so i'm like okay so that's yeah there's some of that but like i don't know like the other one the hawthorne art in issue 24 like his design of typhoid mary is just fucking dreadful yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah. no, to, to go back to the other one that we had the last couple of issues, please. Well, Chiquetto, Chiquetto's fucking yeah. like he's like Chiquetto is like the fucking rock star of this run. Like his pencils are just like they crush me every time an issue comes out and he's mm. penciling it like he is really doing the best work that I'm seeing in comics right now. Like it, it's just so good. Uh, I just wish he could hit like a monthly monthly book. But like yeah. this is a long run they've been doing like they did 36 issues straight basically and then like ran right into devil's reign and i know he's doing all six issues of devil's reign so like that yeah. miniseries will be consistently just him but it's tough the other thing like, like i i just wish that if they were going to do a fill-in artist that it, they wouldn't they would just do a fill-in story as well right like they would just like have zadarsky or have somebody else come in and like do a couple of uh, issues of just like a little side yeah. story or something like that a little one-off that isn't really tied into the main story because and yeah that can also kill some momentum but it's just so frustrating to it takes you out See, of it, it. Fucks the tra- it's always it fucks the trades too sometimes yeah. like I, like what like i don't mind when they do that because it doesn't kill the art of the story because then you can retrade mm-hmm. it properly but like then what do you do with those one-offs in the, like you just tuck, tuck them in the trade and then they're just stuck yeah. there like it's annoying i don't know yeah i'm always kind of like how many people buy trades anymore though right like how many or trade trades like i i think the like collected physical, editions, physical paper trades well collected editions still sell more than individual issues generally uh, even speaking. on like digital services as far as i know yeah yeah, well, no, the okay. collected stuff, like, I don't know how that works digitally. Like, I, I do, because I, I buy the runs. Like, I buy individual issues on Comicology. Yeah. So, 
but you can buy collected stuff as far as i know yeah. i don't know my other biggest gripes one is what we we're talking about like i know that his christian or i should say his catholicism he's roman catholic right oh yeah 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 like his his catholicism is a big part of daredevil's character certain writers obviously amp it up more than others but i could have done definitely with less of the heavy-handed jesus bullshit and like there were some interesting philosophical kind of theological conversations existence of god especially like that's always an interesting question to posit in a world where beings with godlike powers actually exist for well, especially you know, in, like in a world where like reed richards has ostensibly met god too like yeah they, they kind of have these conversations where like they met galactus you know what i mean like that's yeah. <laughs> like some kind of god anyway like you have to start or the beyonder or whatever or whatever right like yeah. i i mean when you're in that universe faith becomes a lot easier to have to me you know what i mean like we're in our universe like it makes no fucking sense because there's no proof of anything but you're in mm. a comic book world where like you've seen something come down from like the fucking heavens and like set the fucking planet on fire and shit like that like you saw galactus like it's easier to mm. have faith in something paranormal at that point right i guess so yeah. i don't know anyway but, but at points here it just ends up making matt come off like kind of as a bit of an unhinged fucking lunatic you know where he's like looking for signs from god and shit and like he's yeah. on this like, misguided kind of holy crusade against crime is like i'm always skeptical of those types of people that are like i'm only good because god wants me to good wants <laughs> me to be good yeah. It's like, okay, so if you didn't believe in God, you would just be a total fucking nihilist and like yeah. not try and be a good person. Is that what I'm hearing from you kind of thing? Yeah. And like, that's not usually the take they have on Matt. Like, so that's something from this run that's like, that's specific to this writer, I guess. Yeah. Maybe doesn't quite a hundred percent grasp Matt's like have that dialed in quite as yeah. hasn't doesn't have that dialed in quite as nicely. Or maybe he just thinks he should be more like blood nighty in terms of the religion. Like that's his take on it. I guess it's as valid as anything else. I don't know. Yeah. And then my very last thing is, is something that we did talk about, you know, throughout the run is like, I just don't know that this is a great jumping on point for new readers oh, no. because it I does clearly, well, but just but because it does clearly deal with a lot of, you know, earlier stuff that happened, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's the classic Marvel soft reboot, right? Like it's, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an, it's a new number one, but like, you have to have read the last 50 issues of everything that's gone on in the last five years of this book in order to understand like, you know, a, a good 20 to 25% of what's going on here. Like I you know, the- totally fucking threw you in the deep end intentionally <laughs> though. You know what I mean? like, I, that, there was no other way to do this run. I got to have to yeah, have no, you read a hundred issues before I got you to read this one. That it makes yeah. no fucking sense at that point. It's just like, let's just throw them in the deep end. <laughs> That's how I always have kind of approached comics, like especially now where like I'm more like when I hear a story's good, I just hop in kind of thing. Yeah. I just like I I don't have a choice anymore. I'm not embedded in any continuity at any given time. So like when it comes to like, oh, you tell me a Superman story's good, I'm just going in there fucking fresh. You know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna go read what happened before. I don't fucking care. I want to read the story you told me to read, and I want to get the fuck out. And most of the writers, and I think Sadarsky does a fairly good job of it, and this is my kind of wrap-up of the whole thing, is he does a pretty good job of, like, even when he is dealing with, like, Deep Cuts Marvel horse shit or, like, something weird that happened in, like, the run right before this, and why does everybody, like, not remember that Matt's Daredevil that should remember that Matt's all that kind of nonsense? He walks you through it well enough that you kind of get it from context anyway, so you're fine. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't sit there and bog down with, like, oh, shit, wait, we got to explain that, so we're going to go for two pages. 
and do a flashback and show you why nobody remembers. It's just yeah. fucking part of the role. You got to live with it. And you can kind of move on from there. And you, if you've read enough Marvel, you realize like, yeah, every couple of years, most of these motherfuckers reset their fucking the world's knowledge of their identity anyway. Yeah. And they make a deal with the devil <laughs> or something. Cause I that's just something I'm not as used to with DC. Cause DC Whoa. doesn't do that. They do it sometimes, just not as often. And like, you know, if, if they do completely restart no, a run, they, they're, they're just like pulling the plug yeah. and just starting the whole fucking universe from scratch. Yeah, like, to like, or like rebirth or whatever kind of thing. Right. Like they have, they have, you know, more of a habit of doing like a big multiverse story where they just wipe the slate clean and kind of start, start fresh again. and give you, yeah. like they, they give you like a new mini series. It's like, okay, this is the new origin for this version of Batman or Superman or whatever, or Green Lantern or whatever kind of thing. While it might not be super accessible to new readers, part of the fun of Marvel is the the sloppy <laughs> mess of just sliding scale continuity. You know, like yeah. it's it's like you get to have the best of both worlds. You can do it the Marvel the DC way, where we get to make a joke every five years about them pulling the fucking plug and just rebooting <laughs> everything, or you get to make the DC guy joke and be like, I have no fucking idea what's going on with Marvel. Spider Man's supposed yeah. to be twenty years old, but he's got sixty eight years worth of fucking stories <laughs> exactly. and six dead wives. So it's it makn- all still canon, <laughs> and it's all still canon. So it doesn't be like it's one or the other. You know what I mean? You're on one side yeah. of the street, you're on the other side of the street, or you've given up completely and just read Invincible, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was so. why I really liked that the the Doomsday clock stuff that introduced like that whole metaverse idea kind of thing yeah. like that the universe has basically been course correcting itself around these certain pivotal characters and everything and i thought that, that was a nice way to deal with it on the on the dc side anyways but i mean that even almost tracks with the marvel stuff because like it's always a yeah. spider-man who's involved with everything anyways <laughs> yeah yeah uh cool so well like overall you want to give it like a letter grade like how are you feeling about daredevil yeah. so far it's 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 a weird one you know because it is 25 issues and it is you know there, there's run, some, some quality and, and stuff like that yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to give a, a an exact score to I've, i i would probably say like an eight out of ten like it's a solid run in general zadarsky's a great writer he yeah. has a large cast of characters well he's good at finding like a solid voice for each of those characters uh, and when Chiquetto's drawing, it's fantastic. Even when Fornis is drawing, it's still pretty fucking good. good. Yeah. But the fill in art really does throw it off and detract for me. And like when Matt's life gets too fucking like soap opera y, all the, the love interests and the secret brother and all that sort of stuff, that was, that stuff is just like, hold on a minute. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that pulls it back for me a little bit, but definitely solid run. This, Mark, it's the best Daredevil I've ever read. Well, that's, I'll take that as the highest praise I can get from you at this point. Because <laughs> I know you've never read a goddamn Daredevil comic in your fucking life. Anyway. All right. Let's move on to our last segment. It'll be Geek Cred. We'll start with... Tim's been talking a lot. I'll start. I'm going to talk right. one more... Just my last time. I'm going to talk about this show one more time. Go watch The Expanse. It <laughs> is worth your time. It's actually not even that long a watch. It'll probably take you like a week to get through. And in COVID times... What else do you have to do? Watch the expanse, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like. I'm almost tempted to restart it, but like the finale was excellent. Did you watch? I mean, you're not caught up yet, eh? No, no, nowhere near. I still got like two and a half, no, three, three plus seasons to go. That's not even a, on four yet. There's a time skip in the novels, and apparently they can come back in ten years and do more episodes, like do more Ooh. seasons. And I'm like, let's. I got to survive a decade so they can do that sequel series for <laughs> me. So. 
Uh, no, yeah. If you haven't like listened to us fucking blow the expanse for the last couple of weeks as I've gone through it, like I finished it, I've caught up, watched the finale that happened last week, and was like a big deal on Twitter. Apparently, everybody's just sad that it's gone. Basically, like that's basically the biggest emotion I've seen so far. Everybody was like, "Ah, shit! Now what are we gonna watch? Nothing." Nothing as no, good as that we're show. Gonna, we're gonna petition fucking CBS <laughs> to hire these people to write fucking Star Trek. <laughs> Give them a Star Trek do. show, yeah, yeah. basically. Uh, and like Boba Fett, I guess is fine right now. But I still gotta watch yeah. episode four. But either way, yeah, watch, watch the Expanse. Fantastic. Uh, what about you, Tim? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Peacemaker because I watched the first three yeah, episodes after fun. after last week's uh, after we recorded last week's episode, and they're the best things that I watched in the past week for sure. It's just fucking ridiculous, violent fun. It feels just like Guns, Suicide Squad, and that was yeah. like one of my favorite movies last year. Um, and my fucking god, that opening credit sequence just kills me every fucking time. Like the stone face dance moves. <laughs> he is God's gift to the world right now. He is so not fucking even just funny. him. Like the, the supporting cast the support are fucking hilarious. Excellent. Like as Jennifer well. Hunt and fucking killed me in like episode two or three. Was it when she's really she's like the, uh, hardcore blonde? Yeah, yeah, the blonde girl. So, yeah, yeah, anyway, she's great. But, yeah, she's fucking. Excellent. She has such good chemistry with him. Like, just like the repartee is so good. Like they're yeah. back and forth. Oh, I yeah. can't. It's so good. Yeah, and then like Robert Patrick. Oh my god, Robert Patrick and uh, uh, Steve Aggie and the yeah. the uh, the woman from Orange Is the New Black. Like all of yes. them are just fucking great. Yeah, and Eagly, I fucking love Eagly. Oh man, that like in the first episode when it hugs him and he freaks the fuck out. I was like, that's so great, man. I just love I, even like the animation on Eagly when he flies in at the end of the opening credit sequence, and it's just like they just leave it on him for like an awkwardly like just one second too, too much kind of thing. Yeah, too long. You, start, yeah. you can see the eagle start looking around, being like, "Am I done? Are we done? Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> Poor Cena's got that guy up on his shoulders too, even though like it doesn't yeah, look like Judo he even Master. like he's not even doesn't even notice that he's there because like Judo Master's yeah. so small and Cena's just <laughs> so unbelievably fucking jacked. Yeah. Anyway, all right, everybody, thank you for listening. This has been episode two hundred eighty six of Dance Robot Dance. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You can do that from literally any podcasting app in existence now. All of them. All of them. So Podbean is where we are hosted, but you can get us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Spotify, a whole bunch of other horseshit. If you have any thoughts about anything we talked about this week, please us, please hit us up on... Oh my god. <laughs> I'll get there. If you have any thoughts about anything we talked about this week, please hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash dancerobotdancepodcast. You can email us at dancerobotdancepodcast at gmail.com or tweet at drd underscore podcast. I've been here with Tim. He is at drd underscore Tim on Twitter. Say goodnight, buddy. Good night. And I'm Mark. I'm on Twitter at I'm underscore Willette. And I'm also on Instagram at I'm on, Oh my God. At MP <laughs> underscore Willette. I will talk to you next week. Tim's going to renew his vows in COVID land or something. So uh, Paul and yep. I are going to make some horse shit up and do some horse shit. And that's basically what's <laughs> happening next week. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Good do good your... because you want to be good, not because Jesus told you to. I mean, if the only reason you're going to do good is because Jesus is telling you and the alternative is you're not doing good, do what Jesus tells you to, basically. <laughs> also, sure. just do the good. It's easier to do the good, probably. Yeah. Unless you can be Daredevil, in which case, punch somebody in the face. Yeah. Do that. <laughs>